podcast. That's right, we find our four pasty 40-something-year-old hosts in a basement, fighting off boredom as they sit around and talk about the final season of The Clone Wars. That's right, it's time for another episode of Fly Casual. Let's get ready to wrinkle! See, you guys always think the first takes the freshest one, but now you know. Well done, Corey. Now you know. Sometimes the double tap (laughs) is worth it. Sometimes take two. First try. Yeah. yeah. Much better than the first one. Yeah. The first, second try. The first one had more (laughs) fart sounds when I just like, you know, completely fumbled. I'm one of those people. Yep. Yep, yep. You can't yep. you can't roll with the punches. You just gotta you just drop. But like the pros that we are, we got through yep, it. But like, and here yep. we are. That's right. Here we are. A whole forty five second delay later. <laughs> Nailed it first try. Perfect. First try. First try. First try, try second try. One point five tries. That's right. Nailed it. Welcome, ladies and germ, to fly casual. Hey, I'm over here. I'm Corey. And over there sipping a, a diet Mountain Dew, I'm assuming. Is a uh, and <laughs> white rum and Diet Mountain Dew? Yes, sir. I guess that's oh, a thing yeah. is Mr. Michael Jarchpool. It is a thing. I do it often, and I have no regrets. You know what? I have nowhere to talk. I'm doing the monster in vodka. I know you are. Over here, the sugar-free business. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. I like I like where it gets me high, gets me low. Me too. You I've know. been on the rum lately, so. I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like a newfie band. Newfie band. I don't know. I was thinking of Great Big C. I thought you were saying roofie band. No, we don't do the roofies. They sh- no, no, does no. our band, right? Yeah. The roofies? Speaking of roofies, over there, Master Control, Mr. Stephen J. Howie. You know what, guys? What? I love being a Star Wars fan. Just, mainly. Just don't do it on the internet. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> mainly. In the your own home, Howie. Mainly on the internet. Mainly not on Twitter. <laughs> but no, on the way here tonight, I stopped at the gas station. This is how much of a Star Wars fan he is, you guys. No, this is how much <laughs> this is how much I love being a Star Wars fan. Okay. Oh yeah, because uh, you're I, I know where it's going because you're rocking the sweet Vader shirt yes. right now with the purple shadowy Vader. And, oh, you get compliments, don't you? Well, there's a couple it's dudes just like the last Jedi. I, guys. I have gotten compliments. <laughs> but that a guess? Not this time. <laughs> the guy saw the shirt, didn't even say anything about the shirt, and he said, "Do you like Star Wars?" <laughs> and just no, wanted right? to talk about. Yeah, he did. He's like, "Did you like the the last movie, Rise of Skywalker?" And we just kind of talked for like five minutes. Yeah, so was man. it the Shell Station? Yeah. Yes. That guy is my favorite person on the face of the earth. Well, it wasn't, and it wasn't the- uh, It wasn't the black-haired young dude? No, it was a patron that was there. Him oh, and his friend real? both, yeah. Are, the guy that works the register there, well, he he will yeah. just, he's like the nicest, he's like chatty, he, he but joined not in. too chatty. Yeah, he, jo- oh, he was there and he joined in, yeah. Yeah, he, he's always willing to have yeah. a good conversation, but he knows if he's got another customer waiting. Yep, he's good he's, about it. Oh, yep. man, that dude's the best. Yeah, I love that so- guy. It, you know, and it's just like, here's some dude doesn't know me from anybody, and Star Wars can bring us together, and we can just chat. Did you hear that? Star Wars can bring people together, not on Twitter. No, just not on just Twitter. Not on Twitter. <laughs> not but, on the but in real life, because Twitter isn't real life. No, not even remotely. Speaking so. of not real life, over there across the pond, down a few minutes, Garrick, not Jay Hardy. True statement. What up? What's up, dude? Hey. Hello. I, res- I resent being called pasty at the beginning of the show. Um, I-, I prefer pudding lesson. <laughs> pudding lesson. Okay. Yes. Pudding. I have a sheen That's of fair. a nice vanilla pudding. All right. Fair I get enough. that. With, a- with some paprika mm-hmm. on top. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not so much what anymore. About, <laughs> so, paprika. Some paprika on the side. Is it malignant <laughs> yeah. deficient or M- melanin? M- melanin? Malignant. malignant. Wow. <laughs> yeah, malignant. You ain't got none of the bad cancers. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Guys, I love Star Wars. Why is that? Because Howie loves Star yeah, Wars. That's yeah, a good, that's a yep. good enough reason yep. for anybody to get on yep. board. And that's yes. good because tonight is a Star Wars centric episode. Not yes, it is. Only. Yes. Is our main discussion topic tonight going to be about the wrap-up of the official final wrap-up, and I believe them this time, of the Clone Wars? We think. For real. We think. Real. As far as For we know really at this real. point. Yep. Right. The second Clone Wars. Yeah. The, 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 um, the, not Tartakovsky. The second part of the second Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Season seven, guys. That was not the movie Clone Wars, which was technically the second Clone Wars oh, and the animated. Oh, no. Uh, the okay, Clone stop, Wars stop, stop. was the first. Two. So this is like Are we going to get a live-action Clone God. Wars? Five. <laughs> you you know they should get Wait around till season two so, yes. of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but not only that, we have a lot of Star Wars news items tonight. Yes, sir. So you know we're gonna get hot and heavy on the old school uh, fly casual. But before we do that, it's time to talk about what is up on that docket. Dockerize. Look at what 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 who's on the docket. I Who guess never it, thought a pair of crappy little scissors would make a good percussion instrument. There you go. But there it is. We all right, we're all this, proven wrong. It's like some castanets. I guess, you know, dockets can be anything, but has anybody been doing any Star Wars-ing well, at all? I, I mean, I watched the last season of Clone Wars, but I feel like I don't want to get ahead of it. Yeah, no. That's, that's <laughs> not going to count for that docketing. Was, that was just a dumb move, Mike. Why? <laughs> a dumb move. And I mean, well, also... You could, be doing, you could be doing toys... You could be doing other series. You could rewatch a movie. Watch, I'm you always reading doing a Garrett's book. mom. So <laughs> I, I watch the uh, Star Wars uh, Disney Gallery thing. Uh, Disney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. right. yep, yep, yep. We're gonna get to that though. That's yeah. not my docket, bro. That isn't yeah, the docket. Are, are you jumping ahead do. trying to do a me? No, I was just trying to see if any of us it's were doing Star teasing. Warsing. Other than well, Mike is a big tease. tease, isn't he? I will say for not having a new Star Wars product out other than the final season of the Clone Wars, which I binged all at once. I saved it because, as you guys know, I've not been. I don't honest, blame you. I, uh, 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 I've ingested more Star Wars in the last week than I have since the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's true. And Sky and Rise of Skywalker came out, but none of those are my docket because all of those are part and parcel for what we're talking about tonight. Yep. Yeah. Come on. Mike. Yeah. So having said that, I'll just kick it oh, off. Mike. I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Mine's mine's quick when and easy. When do I ever get to go first? I thought about it this time, but now definitely not. Um, <laughs> so yes, I win. Mine's a game. <laughs> I uh, I don't I, say. Uh, I am dwarves. I am idiots. space dwarves. Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> he said space dwarves came out uh, officially. It's been in uh, early release for a while. Came out officially this week, and about it, I've been waiting. And I uh, saw it like it came down like five bucks at one point, but I was like, eh, it's still early access. I'll wait. It officially released. I paid full price, and this game's a blast. Um, I've described it as Left for Dead, ah, blast. Left for Dead meets Minecraft meets, I forget what the other one was. Oh, like Vermintide, which also Vermintide is kind of a Left for Dead clone. But uh, yeah, it's first person space dwarves. It's class-based. You take missions. You can group up with three friends. You go down and you mine and fight space bugs. And then you space have- bugs. Yeah. And while you're mining, and then when you get all the stuff you got to mine, you got to run back and like get back in the pot and get out of there while the space bugs are all swarming you. And it's it's a good mixture of pace. See, we play a lot of PUBG and we hate it, but we still play it because it's <laughs> full of cheaters. It's so, Oh gosh, it's so full of cheaters. 
Um, mm-hmm. which we know because we report them and they get banned every week. Every it's week we report people and they get banned. And uh, but we well, we need a game where you have like fast pace and slow pace. Slow pace so we can be social. Fast pace so we can have you know fun, intense moments. And this game has that. Sometimes you're just sitting around mining and chucking flares so you can see. You know what I mean. And all these dwarves, they have the different classes, different abilities. They all complement. But you you can all play the same class if you want. It's got a lot of freedom and it's got a lot of goofy humor. It's only like it's only like two gigabytes. There's like no textures. All the textures in the game are like uh, they're all like like light mapping textures. It's all done by your video processor, and it's very uh, it's a very light and agile game. But it's also very pretty. It runs slick as butter. What do you uh, get it on? I I got it on the Steam. I don't know if it's available anywhere else. It may be. I don't even know if it's on consoles. I I actually have no idea. I've only played probably a little over an hour's worth, but I played some with friend of the show Andy, and we were laughing and having a grand old time. We you know got slaughtered unexpectedly like one minute in once, and we were just dying laughing. And then we played another one. It was like thirty it's minutes. Called long. Space Dwarves. No, that's what we call Space Dwarves. Okay. Deep Rock Galactic is okay, the name of the game. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's just, it's a stupid ton of fun. And the dwarves are always yelling out things like, ah, you wee bastard and stuff like that. And it's just. As they do. You know. That's, that's slightly racist. There's like a lobby. Like when you join up, like let's say you're waiting for your like your one buddy before you start a mission. You're all sitting around in the ship and you can walk, you can go like buy drinks at the bar and drink. Or there's like this little like booth, this little like bar game over in the corner where there's like trash buckets. And there's this fiery ring going back and forth, and you can just sit there and kick buckets into the moving fiery ring, and it keeps a tally. And then you can like lock in the tally, and someone else can step up and try to beat it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I was dinking around in there and found a way to just turn off gravity for a minute for no good reason. <laughs> it's just, it's got a lot of humor, a lot of charm. There's like, you level up, you have like persistent leveling on the classes and yourself as a whole. You can unlock more stuff. And I, and oh, all the missions are procedurally generated, so you'll never play the same, you know, the oh, same cool. thing twice. Yeah. You didn't tell me that before. I, now, yeah, now I I'm left totally that. In. Yeah, it's so every time, like, like uh, Andy and I played the same mission three times, and it was different every single time. Like, we'd walk into a cabin, and I'm like, oh, man, this is amazing. Look, this is huge, you know? Or there'd be, like, a choke point or a, or a giant drop where I'm like, we better carve down a way to get back up when we have to leave because <laughs> otherwise we're going to be screwed when we're getting chased out of here. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm hoping to sell Garrick on it. So yeah. uh, it's fun. It's fun. So much fun. But that's mine. How are you next? Awesome. Uh, so I started this uh, new series uh, that my wife was kind of money heist. Um, actually, I finished money. that series. Oh. Um, and by the way, heist money. Totally recommend it. It's amazing. Paper, paper, stealing. paper. House, a uh, house of paper. Make that paper. House La papel de la casa de papel. De PayPal. De PayPal. But anyways, <laughs> that's where the uh, is. Hollywood. Hollywood. Wow. Um. <laughs> we watched. I think we we've watched four episodes of it. How much, uh, how much, dude from Big Bang Theory have you run into at this point? <laughs> Jim uh, Jim Parsons I, I is that his name? At least a couple, I think he was in the in the second or third episode, and uh, he he's in it quite a bit. Literally, the only reservation I have is does, is he good for it? He plays a perfect character for him. Okay, because that's the thing. He's <laughs> he's pretty unique, and I don't feel like he's got that big of a range. Um, so a character has to be right for him for me to want to. 
I, subject myself to it. I felt he's. I felt it like especially on the fourth episode, but and then Garrett kind of confirmed it. It really starts to kind of go off the rails. Really. I don't know if I'm going to continue to watch oh, it. Suck. That's what it's, I'm worried about. I don't blame you. It's it, the first couple, two, three episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was pretty into it, but it yeah. really starts to get up its own butt. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's well, what I was getting from the from the t- like the trailers. What well, what my problem is is they use some real historical people like uh, who's that guy's what's that guy's name who's a famous actor in it? Cary oh, Grant, Rock Hudson. No. I can't. Rock Hudson. So they have Rock Hudson in it in a semi historical type role, but everything else around him is ahistorical. Yeah. Like none of this stuff, no, none of these other people are real. None of this stuff ever happened. Yeah, not everybody can and marvelous Miss Maisel. And it's it's just strange. Like, why would you bother putting a real person in there and surround them by people who never existed? Well, it's how how is totally, that different? It just how's, makes no sense. How is it different from Mrs. Maisel? Well, Mrs. Maisel, I mean, I guess they it's yeah, done well and it's not a t- up its own ass. So, but once you get farther in the series, you realize like. Not only did none of this happen, but none of this could have happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that that is the other thing about Mrs. Maisel is that everything they do is plausible with right. uh, with with the historical character. You know, the character uh, historical character. It's all like, oh, this totally could have happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, he's not a central character by any stretch. He's only in like a couple episodes per season. Right. Yeah. Rock Hudson's like. A major character. Oh, see, that's yeah, that's Jim, a little weird. Is it Jim Parsons? Is that his name? Yeah, Jim Parsons. Uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> like, I, is the only character because he's such a dick. Yeah, and he likes and, that's, and he likes Dick too. So, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was getting that vibe off the trailer too. That there was going to be quite a bit of that. There's a lot of, but it's it's based around it's it's based around something that is supposedly somewhat grounded in history, right? Which is like, now I I don't know the series. I I've only seen the trailer once, but. The whole gas station where they were running like an escort service out of a gas station is that central to the plot? Yes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. That's that's a real thing. Okay. Yes. All right. Because I've I've like heard the, about that before. Like the like, there's probably stuff that actually happened, mm-hmm. but once you get farther on the series, like how he was saying, you're just like, what? <laughs> Why? What? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Like, I guess <laughs> I don't it's know. been my disbelief only so far before it just. I may or may snaps. not watch more. I don't know. It, I right now I'm not interested in watching more. Yeah. And I mean, Money Heist is. I've been watching a lot of that. Uh, but now double that, dip. Now that that's you know I've, Whoa, I finished season four. You on the double dip. Um, <laughs> it's. Maybe I'll open my mind to other things, but. I don't know. I wanted I wanted Hollywood to be good, but I was getting that way too far up its own butt vibe. Like like parts of it like are really good, which is because the acting's I, well, all great. Yeah. The other thing, the acting is really good. I'm a total yeah. sucker for old world Hollywood, like golden age Hollywood. I'm a sucker for that crap. I I like, I eat that stuff up with a spoon. I mean, that's part of why when we when we talked about um um uh, Sunset Boulevard, I think that's yeah. part of that appeal of that movie to me is that I just love that era. You know, not. Like I love all the movies from that era. I love the actual history of that era, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like that's yeah. You if, look, if we're breaking from it too far, I can't. I don't think I can yeah, take the good I with the bad. I don't know. Or take the bad with the good. I have a feeling you won't like it. But yeah, it sounds like it. 
But I don't know. There's there's a lot of good things about it. So I'm I'm not saying it's totally bad, but there mm-hmm. obviously because I was like really into it initially. Mm. So some of the story arcs are pretty pretty interesting. But uh, I guess it's good if you went into it um, understanding it's a what if series, not an actual like yeah somewhat historical fiction thing. It's like, a shame because that premise, like with the gas station, all that most people don't know anything about that. Yeah, I didn't. So. You you could be like educating people about that, but then they don't know where it stops. It's kind of like, you know what? You know what this reminds me of. Um, what the hell was that Amazon Prime show about the Nazis and the the Nazi hunters that Al Pacino was in that I watched? Uh, you would have hunters. To tell me. Hunters. <laughs> hunters. Thank you. I. Uh, it reminds me of hunters because I. That was one of those things where it's like they like halfway through this series that is just over the top crazy. They fold in Project Paperclip or Operation Paperclip. As if it might as well be part of this cockamamie fiction, but that's an actual thing. And I remember going, I don't know how I feel about that. Like they're using, a, they've already established that this is beyond ridiculous, but then they're folding in actual stuff to substantiate the ridiculousness. And that made me, that felt awkward to me, you know? Yeah. So, but I did like that series overall. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, Hollywood. Hollywood. There you go. Hollywood. Yeah. You can watch that. Or you can Especially watch that Ben Affleck movie stuff. where he plays uh, the dude George Reeve Superman. Well, that that was called Hollywood Land, I believe. Now you're double dipping. I haven't seen it though. Calling you out. I haven't seen it. Calling you out. I'm just saying, if I'm in the mood, maybe I should go that direction. Just saying. You know what I'm saying. Don't double dip the chip, Mike. Well, I decided after last week's episode to go take a listen to Panic Switch by Silver Gun. So, sorry, Silver Sun Pickups. And uh, give some. You wanted to find out where in the middle, where in the middle. No, no, not the whole album, just that song. I just wanted to try to absorb a song first. Yeah. And oh uh, man, what a luxury! (laughs) (laughs) If I'd only had to absorb one song, (laughs) I'll say this: I'm interested enough to listen to more. The jury's kind of still out, though. Mm -hmm. I I still, I'm, I'm not sure. It's. Definitely music that I I, th- I think I could enjoy. <laughs> I will say I will say this: when I first listened to it, I'm like, "Oh, this is some this is some young new band." Yeah, it know, sounds like it sounds like a bunch of young jagoffs. But they came at first. Up, I mean, again, I'm still open to figuring out this music. Well, I just don't they, know. I they don't get it. Formed in 2000, so they're 20 years old. Oh, I know. I know. So Whoa. I was like, when I found that out, I'm like, and, and this is just my, the old man in me talking. I'm I'm willing more so now to give them a shot. Yeah. Knowing that, <laughs> that they're kind of like, more oh, my you didn't era. Just, yeah, they didn't just hit and fade. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. So, yeah. They've been around for. Some newer bands, yeah. I, some of these newer, younger bands sometimes kind of honk me off because I don't. I it, seem, it feels like to me, and again, this is the old man in me talking, but it feels like some of these young bands don't know their history they don't know why they play the things that they play they don't know who their influences were you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. so and they seem kind of uppity about it so um like i said i'm a little more willing i guess to give them a shot now yeah the the other interesting thing about them too is they don't they don't care about being they're not looking to be super famous right they care could, about their music yeah that, i could tell that that, that is, yeah their commitment cool. to their sort of their sound not that their sound is just one thing right but you can tell they're not trying to grapple, like they're not trying to bulldoze fans into the pile. Right. 
Right. They're like, they kind of know what they are. And that's, that's, and honest to God, as much as I ragged on it, that's the thing. It's like, I want to respect these people sure. for what they're doing. Right. But I can't stand the fact that I don't understand it or like it. <laughs> it bothers me. You can have appreciation of, I mean, you I can, know. You can appreciate them as for what they're doing and not so much the music. But yeah, I do too. I mean, bands that can make a living doing this, mm-hmm. I, there, there's a. And they're um, moderately famous. I mean, most people wouldn't necessarily know but they have a pretty yeah sure they have they have a they have enough of a following i mean there's a couple bands from the old days that i follow like uh like king's x i mean those are guys that came out like 80s 90s and were supposed to be the next big thing but they never got over that hump yeah but they still to this day i mean they're just normal guys that have you know mortgages and and Mm -hmm. lawns to cut back home and that type of thing but they still they get on the road they put out albums they you know they tour you know, they do that type of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, you got to respect that. But only in the winter so, so they don't have to Only the in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Garrett, so, what's on your docket? Was Mike even Little done? Boys? I don't know. Mike, were you done? I'm done was, enough, yes. Done? <laughs> He's done enough. <laughs> so, uh, on Amazon Prime, I watched a new, brand new TV show called Upload. You guys heard of this? Nope. It's Upload. Is it about butts? Uh Yes. All about the butt. Oh, nice. I'm in. <sighs> so awesome. Send me a link. I'm all about <laughs> that was the created butt. by at Greg Daniels. You guys familiar with Greg Daniels? Uh, is he related to Jeff Daniel? Um, Craig possibly. T- is Daniels? he related to Greg Grungberg? He's basically the brain behind bringing the office to America. Oh, yeah. He was writer on The Simpsons, King of the Hill, all this, all all sorts of comedy stuff. Right like on. He's do you know who Jesus else was a part of King of the Hill? Dave Filoni. Yes. Dave Filoni. Filonius Dave. Dave. Yeah. He drove, he drew the intro. He drew them. Yeah, drew the yeah. intro. He drawed him. Drawed him. Drew him? Drote them. Drawed him. Drote them. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So Greg Daniels, they, uh, I guess Amazon's like, hey, we want you to do a series. And he's like, okay. So ba- the basic premise of Upload is uh, it's the somewhat distant near future ish. <laughs> Where Good description. <laughs> it's hard to, because everything looks like today, but there's a lot of crazy futuristic tech. Oh, kind of like Cowboy uh, Bebop. Yeah, kind of like that. But uh, no, not like that. Um, so the premise is when people are about to die, they have the option of just, you know, dying. Oh, I've seen, I've it. seen yeah, this commercial. Or, or they can upload themselves into like a server. Yeah. <laughs> like, Right. But and you have gets, to be really it, sure that you're going to die. And some people are like, are on yeah. the fence about, Ooh, do I upload now? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, at the, at the beginning, the main character who's played by Robbie Amell, who is, um, the brother of Steven. green arrow guy, Stephen Amell. Ste- Amell. Yeah. He's, he's super funny in this, but he, he's, he gets into an accident and it's funny because there's all, everyone has self-driving cars now and there's never accidents. So when he gets into an accident, gets messed up, like people kind of make fun of him. That's <laughs> so no, not, that's not supposed to happen, Yeah, <laughs> but he ends up getting hurt pretty bad. And he kind of gets to this literal fork in the road where they're like, okay, we can take you this way, try to fix you up, or you can go that way and we'll upload you into the, into the afterlife server. And so he, they kind of only give him like a few seconds to decide and, <laughs> His girlfriends are like, you should upload. You're going to die. You're going to die. They say your vitals are terrible. So, yeah. <laughs> Also, so, like, leave me all your stuff. 
So he's like freaking out. He's like, fine, I'll upload, I'll upload. He's like, and so they upload him and he, and it gets pretty funny because the upload is basically the server wherever he goes. There's different ones. So if you're rich and you had a lot of money in your, your uh, living life, you can afford like really nice stuff in the afterlife <laughs> and everything is like All the DLC. Pay, pay to win. Yeah. So he, he like goes to the refrigerator and they, 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 they can eat. And I guess it gives them some sort of sensation in, in the server or whatever, but they have to pay if they want like premium food and drink. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's the, it's like, it's the afterlife by EA is what I'm hearing. It is like, and that's, that, it's, it's a funny commentary on like, I guess, um, you know, extreme like corporatism, yeah. like everything's like corporate owned. There's a bunch of mergers. There's like AT&T of Nabisco and this, like all these major conglomerates just merge into each other. Sounds like a lot of fun. Are, are, yeah. It's, it's really fun. And there, there's parts that make you think, but then it, they do a good job of pivoting. So you'll get to a part, like obviously deals with death and dying and um, loved ones, you know, they can interact with you, but they can't like touch you or, you know, hold you. It's just basically there's ways to do it, I guess. Okay. But it, it, you get to this part where you start thinking about how depressing this would be. And then they pivot to something like off the wall, hilarious. And I think it does a good job of um, doing that, keeping you excited. I like and the then, idea think, a lot. Yeah. The, the, and that's great. The episodes, except the first and the last one are only 30 minutes each. So it's really quick snippets <clears throat> like going through it. And I think it's only 10 episodes long. Family friendly? No. Dang it. <laughs> No, not really. Dang it. Not at all. Yeah. Is it like uh, the lobster? <laughs> um, Howie needs yes. every every <laughs> experimental thing. Howie needs through the lens of the lobster. <laughs> On the like scale of one to lobster. Is it? Wait, wait. One people died lobster? in the lobster, right? Yeah. They got, they got, well, they got turned into animals. Yeah. And this one, they got turned into ones and zeros. So, that, well. yes. <laughs> Nailed it. You have to buy the wolf DLC. Lobster DLC. Yeah, you have to you have to buy the premium wolf DLC. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. Wolves. Speaking of it uh, DLC, it means it's time for some news. I hope you got something where that DLC pivot actually makes sense because I wasn't really thinking about it at all. So go ahead, take it, Mike. Well, well boys, boys. <laughs> big announcements this week from uh, Lucasfilm. Oh boy, several announcements. They're ending actually. Star Wars. They're not ending Star Wars. In fact, we are expanding Star Wars. Oh, wonderful. Um, so says you. One of the uh, how's that even possible? I don't know. Well, what we do is we announce thirty-eight movies and then cancel thirty-nine <laughs> of them. Well, uh, we're gonna <laughs> announce the fortieth then. Uh, Taika Waititi set to direct Woo! and co-write a new Star Wars feature. I like that. Yes, <sighs> I love it. Okay, but he's not gonna be part of the Mandalorian though. Yeah, he might be. Okay, then we can sell. They gotta give other people a chance. He's gonna direct and co-write. So you know what? 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 Though Jedi vampire. It means that. Oh, it means. It. it means that Dave Filoni. What are we doing? The shadows. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. But edition. with but with Jedi. It means that that Dave Filoni and John Favreau can go harvest more off kilter talent to make badass Star Wars. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Can you? Oh. 
Right? What, do you think Great it'll be thought. a comedy? Do you think it'll be like a not? It's going like to be Thor, uh, Ragnarok. I don't think it'll be that over the over the. Top. I think it's going to be like his his episodes that he directed in Mandalorian. That's what I. Yeah, you know what I think? I think Taika Waititi is a brilliant enough dude that it's going to hit right where it well, should. I mean, the he, arrow should fall he, right in the center. He's done one of my favorite episodes, and that's you know like the the two troopers like beating up <laughs> on the baby Yoda and the trying to shoot. Oh, yeah, the, the tag and bink homage. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. that. That's uh, what we need. Yeah. That, we need more dialogue that's There's funny. There's a lot of action, yes. but yeah. Dialogue Things that's that funny, funny not happen. lines that are not funny. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, witty dialogue. Yeah. And he's he excels with that. Yep. I almost uh, Joss Sweden esque. I like it. I like Taika Waititi in the in the Disney Gallery thing. Yeah. Does it say any anything about what he Absolutely doing? nothing right now. I mean yeah, it's yeah, completely, completely up in the air. <laughs> uh, I it, I got to be honest. I mean, it's hard for me to get excited about anything right now. I and, know, and you, I hate that because the, you didn't. I like you Taika didn't start Waititi. the callus. <laughs> it's been rubbing since the news been nubbing. Bro. It's not you. It's Star Wars. <laughs> truth, truth. I, no, seriously though. I mean, I like Taika Waititi. I mean, on paper, I should be really excited about this. Yeah. I'm not. You're, you're tempering <laughs> because, your expectations. Well, there's he did just it with Rise so, of Skywalker, and yeah. then he nearly cried afterward. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to be terrible as well. I'm just trying to get other people. Yeah, it's going to be the worst thing ever. It's going to be so great. Yeah, it's not yeah, about it being the worst. I'm just okay. When does he quit? You know, when? when yeah, I know. When do we have five more pictures announced? Yeah, that's I mean, the it, thing. Like, okay, he's hired to do it, but what's different at the corporate level? What's different from yeah. when everybody else was hired? When Josh right. Trank was hired? Yep. When well, when a well, Jurassic like, guy was hired? Netflix Colin and Trevor. Amazon and and whoever else they all spent all their monies on other directors, so they can't. Didn't they get a new CEO? <laughs> they can't go anywhere. Uh, they phasing, have a new CEO, but Kathleen, in a new CEO. Kathleen Kennedy's still on on you know she's still in charge of Lucas. She's still in charge. I, there's, I mean. I still and some of the other questionable actors in the corporate structure are also still at Lucasfilm, right? So and I still tend to believe that she's going to be done after her contract's up in twenty twenty one. But I don't know. There's more. There's more chatter now that nope, she ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. She ain't going. I've nowhere. been telling you, I'm not. I'm not willing to buy it yet. I don't know. I'm still not convinced that she's got bad intentions at all. I'm well, I've, I've never questioned her intentions. Yeah. But I have. I, I will question had, some of the intentions of some of the people she's put. Yeah, in place. I think she's put sure. some some questionable people in place that have made some bad decisions. And of course, as the top dog, you're responsible for that ultimately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, maybe I just if don't she could put some better people in. There. I just right. don't think they they play close enough to the chest. I mean, I just. I, I just feel like they blow their load all over the place all the time. Like Can Marvel I, doesn't. I, I hate do to that. bring it to a screeching halt, but I need to address this. Is it, do you play your cards close to your chest or you play your cards close to your vest? I've always heard chest. Well, your, your vest is on your chest. I know. This is why I don't know which one it is. And vests were more popular back in the old West. I've always could heard be, Could be vest. I've always heard chest. You just got to know when both. to hold them and know when to fold them. That's, all I really? That's a good point, Gary. When to walk away. That's a very also. good point. The point, the point being, though, I, I mean, oh. if there's one thing... That you can say, I mean, just say what you want about her, her success, history, whatever, you know, and the movie's making money or did they not make, you know, I mean, there's a lot right. of things to say there. But the one thing that is definitely a failure on her part is it just feels like everything just leaks out all over the place, like all the time. And they have no restraint. <laughs> yeah, there's all. no follow through. 
Nothing. Yeah. They need to wear more, better diapers, is what I'm saying. Can I ask you guys a question. Ask, sure. ask us a question, Garrick, already. I want you to answer honestly. Here we go. Okay. Answer is yes. And be when, do you, when do you think the next Star Wars movie will actually come out? Wow. Here? See, yeah, good question. 2025. Like, wow. So, why that's not? a serious guess. I'm yeah. not. It came out fast, Seriously, but that's why a serious not? guess. Yeah. At the, uh, yeah. I, I don't, that, to my knowledge, there's nothing in development that's imminent. Like, there, there's not be, even, there's no scripts. Yeah. I would say that there's that nothing. I, I mean, know. they could be keeping it secret. Well, the way, yeah, the way things, well, they're not good at doing that. Yeah. That's hard to buy. Um, no, I yeah. mean, they've, they've mm. announced filmmakers. Would you want it any sooner? Because if no. they're just no. starting now, you would want yeah. some time into it, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if 2025 if, sounds decent. Maybe a little bit, maybe 2023. Yeah, I would say 2024. I mean, if, the if they're serious about, oh, I mean, if they're what really knowledge? serious what about Taika Waititi, <laughs> I would say at least 2023, 2024. No, sooner than 23. I think anybody yeah. who says 22 is out of their damn mind. No, no, no. So absolutely not, not. Not this year, not next year, not the year after. Yeah. It seems like a lot of time to keep the hype up of Star Wars. I mean, you got the but, Mandalorian. Well, that's the thing. If else? they got the Mandalorian. And the three TV okay, shows. they well, yeah. There's some other TV show. Okay, we need a new so, cartoon. Oh yeah, we're gonna in the next in the next six to twelve months we're gonna need a new cartoon announced. And you know so, what I'm hoping I'm, it is. I'm assuming at this point celebrations not happening. It is right? not. They've they've already. I don't know if it's they've been already canceled. said that. To my, when when was that supposed to happen? Yesterday. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know much information week? about it, but June. there has been a lot of chatter on Twitter about it. And I'm pretty sure yeah. that they said it's a no-go. Like, how much do you think they had to announce at that? I know. I have a feeling that there was at least one panel of people who are like, in in Lucasfilm marketing, who are like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got Jack Squat. I'll tell you what. If if that is, again, Other I than still Mandalorian think that season they... Season two okay. teasers. So it's, it was supposed to happen, or it is supposed to happen, maybe, August 27th. Okay. That's when it is supposed to happen. I don't know if it's, whether or not it's been canceled. I don't know. What are you saying, Mike? Sorry. No, I was just saying that if, if the direction is that they are slowing things down and even though they're announcing things all over the place, you know, if, if in actuality, in reality, it is, you know, they're going to take some years off and, and re kind of rebuild some enthusiasm and things like that. I'm all about that because I think that definitely needs to happen. But they, I, to me, they gotta, they gotta reel in this. All these announcements, just willy nilly, all over the place. It's, it's the problem is they dug themselves a hole, where they've canceled so many things and they've redirected so many things that they feel like, no, like, like they're in a mud slick and they can't plant their feet, and they keep trying to slam their feet down and slipping again. But it's like, it's like they're like, all right, this is the one we're gonna announce. Like the Obi Wan series, it was a sure thing, right? When they got Ewan McGregor, right. It was a sure oh, yeah. thing, and they still screwed the right. pooch. Right. So it's one of those the things thing where it's like is they it... keep thinking that, all right, all right, this is one, this is the one, this is the one, and they're not wrong except for the fact that they are themselves. It's like, okay, it's, you know, Mike, you have a large family. One of your siblings has got to be the one that no one buys what they say, right? <laughs> you get together Thanksgiving, and someone's got a family announcement, and everybody goes, oh, here we go. <laughs> That's what Lucasfilm is right now. Yeah, sure. And right. that person- Who is it, Mike? That person always <laughs> exactly. You'll have one of your kids will be that person, Howie. And uh, I already know so. <laughs> but the, I mean, that person always wants to be, always wants to make the next best announcements because they want to right. redeem themselves, right? And from a corporate structure, 
the size of Lucasfilm, let alone Disney, you expect better behavior than that. It's but because Lucasfilm has this big brother called Marvel, yeah, that right. just keeps hitting like doubles, triples, and home runs. They like there's this like this intense desire to finally get it right, and I think maybe. Dark World was May- kind of a strikeout. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, no, but here, well, even with yeah, Marvel, though, for the fences, I mean, there's been there's been slips along the way, even with Marvel, of course, right? But they not nearly as many, and per it, capita, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and but even think about Lucasfilm back before the acquisition. I mean, there was nothing ever announced through Lucasfilm unless it was a sh- this is happening. Yeah, you know, and there was never an announcement like that. Well, I'm trying to think. This feels like a newer thing where we're announcing these things that are so far yeah, out. Yeah, social media. Yeah, it's it's, that, it's like a social media driven type thing. Yeah, and it's because I've I've always been of the mindset when you get an official announcement from an entity like Lucasfilm or Marvel or whoever that it is a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And now they're not doing that. They're like, oh, this is what we're doing because we've had them some discussions about it. I think they I think they think it's a sure thing. No, I think, yeah. I think they like literally. All right, we locked in this person. But this is it. This was going to take us to promised land. Super naive, though. Super naive, and I'm like, who's? That's why people are questioning Kathleen Kennedy's leadership. That's a, it's a it's a big part of it. It's not the only reason, but it's a big part of it. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. Again, I think they got to the, zip the lip. Yeah, and don't really you just, feel? Don't you feel that there's a little bit of a mea culpa taking place right now? Meaning what? I don't know what where this falls in your news agenda, but we already mentioned the Disney Gallery series my is it gallery or galleria gallery right galleries disney galleries yeah, the, the on, mandalorian on the disney plus right i've seen two episodes i guess a third one came out today mm, yes. Disney gallery yeah, as we record and i feel like okay disney gallery it's called disney gallery it's not called star wars mm-hmm. it's not called mandalorian only it's called disney gallery but they come out with sort of a documentary style round table style mashup about the Mandalorian for several episodes. Why? Why? Disney has a giant history of stuff. I mean, look at the other series they're throwing out, like the prop culture, which totally dig that show, by the way. Oh, dude, that show is awesome. Yeah, it is. That's wicked good. And the first episode is amazing. Yes. I wanted to watch that. That's yeah, awesome. it's a good one. And the first episode is about Mary Poppins. It just blows you away, but the rest of them are good too. Um, but, like, they're coming out with all these shows. They've got this huge history of things to draw from. Why are they going with the thing that literally just came out a few months ago? Why? Favreau directed the, those episodes of the gallery. Because it's on Disney+. Plus. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> but also, I feel like the timing is perfect for them to have a mea culpa. I think it's Disney's way of going, what's a method where we can put out in front of people that we know we screwed up without saying we screwed up? What's a way that we can celebrate, celebrate our strengths Mm-hmm. loudly enough mm-hmm. that people will pat like we'll join around and we'll all pat each other on the back but also the people who are on the fence will go you know they're making some good points mm-hmm. you know they're blah 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 i mean we've got I, i'm sorry if i'm stepping all over stuff but the words of dave filoni at the end of that second episode i i was almost had a tear in my yeah, eye man yeah, yeah. good stuff. If, if i didn't have one i don't recall <laughs> well what's interesting there with the Mandalorian is they brought in some fantastic talent and directors mm-hmm. that uh, they're just kind of a ragtag. So what's team. the difference? What's the difference 
between the directors of the Mandalorian and the directors for the movies. Well, movies. Oh, I'm gonna say the one movies. thing that uh, I see, especially watching the Disney Gallery, is there's there's a camaraderie there around Star Wars between mm-hmm. all of them, and they're all. It's very obvious that they were collaborating together. Yeah, they weren't all just like I have my own yes. hot take, right? And they well, had a central encyclopedia in Filoni. Right. I think that's the God. even the the even bigger thing here is is yes, you have a, the team of the directors, but I think at the core you have just the team the team up between Favreau and Filoni. Mm-hmm. I mean Favreau, and they even kind of come you know talk about this in that roundtable that you know. Favreau brings to the table his years of crafting of movie craft, right? Yeah. So he knows how to run the show, right? Right. On top of it, he's also a fan, right? Yes. He he loves it. Yeah, so we're all fans. but yep. but he's he also recognizes rec- recognizes yes, he recognizes that he doesn't have the deep knowledge that someone like Filoni has. So their partnership is the most it's beautiful. Met- oh my god. I, you know, my wife was sitting there while we watched it. She's kind of half paying attention. And she started asking questions. I said, what you don't understand is that the fact that these two formed a friendship years ago is one of the most for a for a like a deep sea Star Wars fan, like somebody who's like ridiculously deep Star Wars fan who has been so lackadaisical and so sarcastic and so calloused about it, like me mm-hmm. over the last few years to someone like me, it's almost like earth shaking that these two just happened to strike up a friendship years ago. Right. Because it could literally be the linchpin that turns really turns the tide, turns the tide, not only into back on track, but into more than potentially it even was. Sure. Absolutely. The uh, Garrick, I'm sorry, before you go on, Garrick was going to say something a minute ago. He got cut off. Yeah. Well, you're asking what the, what's the difference between why the movies are, in the, the Mandalorian. Yeah. To me personally, the movies seem like they were manufactured, like in a right. an assembly line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like they and yeah. And the Mandalorian was to me way more organic. Yes, organic is very, exactly the word. It was crafted. Especially was, when you get behind the scenes. Like I, I haven't watched the behind the scenes of all the movies, so I could be completely wrong. But the stuff they had to use their ingenuity to get done mm-hmm. by calling in the 501st right. yep. using real life models for this, for the ship yeah. Con- like manufacturing a rig in someone's garage for that model to fly on, to make it look more like the movie right. or, where, you know, in the Mandalorian, whereas the movies, they just threw money at it. Right. it Throw like, money oh, at we'll the CG house. CGI. Well, well, I think we'll just do from- all these big special effects. Right. And right. to me, that didn't like, that, to me, that's where the prequels, I think we talk about it all the time, like the green screen and all that. Like they, that's why they didn't feel real to me because they, they, there was no ingenuity. They but especially two and three, as much as I right. rag on Phantom Menace, right. Phantom Menace is 90% models and practical right. effects. Right. And it, people it doesn't feel under- so much. It does. It more does. Real. Yeah. yeah. And I think that people built that stuff, like literally yeah. built that stuff with their bare hands because right. yeah. they had to yeah. right. for the, the uh, original trilogy. But I think even more so with special, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm done. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, even more so with, with Force Awakens than just the special effects and throwing money at it was the approach, too. The approach wasn't, okay, where where is the natural progression for, okay, we're going to do saga films, we're going to do 7, 8, and 9. What's the natural next step for this story? Yeah. Instead they of essentially like, retold A New Hope. Instead of 
where do we go to take somewhere completely new, but then create that symmetry that Filoni likes to right. talk about George Lucas talking right. about? Instead of doing that, it was how can we make it a complete mirror image? How we can, yeah, how can we reintroduce Star Wars to young people? You know, well, yeah, which is that was a there's no reason. wrong. There's, it was, was young people will get on board if you right. make something good. Right. You don't have yeah. to pander. So anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I'm for me, like I was looking at that round table of directors and thinking what makes these people different from J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson? You know, what makes them different from Lord Miller? What makes them, you know, I mean, I can't really say too much what makes them different from uh, from Ron Howard, because it's literally like, you know, a few genes and a chromosome, but <laughs> <laughs> because one of them is his direct offspring. But like, uh like what sets them apart from them and kind of the way I looked at it was we have a group of extremely different personalities right. from one another, yeah. but they're all just a little bit off. They're all just a little bit, not quite mainstream. You know what I mean? Just like, like a step outside of the mainstream spotlight. Sure. And I feel like that is where they're comfortable. Kind of like silver sun pickups, but no, stop. <laughs> but not only are they comfortable there, but it also it makes them so that I feel like these personalities are people who will always be hungry because they never right. want to be satisfied. Right. They don't want to reach the pinnacle and be able to write. They don't their want own to be J.J. Abrams and produce that. The I get, of maybe and maybe that's in my head, but right. that's what I get. I mean, especially like Taika. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or uh, oh, what's her that name? guy's got a huge future in front of him, but he, Chow, he Chow, Deborah yes, Chow. Deborah Chow, like especially her, she full on says like I come uh, from weird shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I'm just like I love that about you. Well, the, right. every time any of them spoke, I didn't expect this at all. I I fell in love with them. Yes, right. all and, of them yeah. are so uniquely right. enjoyable. Yes. Right. Yeah, and it was just it was amazing to me that you know how how did they get that group of people together. Yep. And, and of course they're going to band together and be a team up because they're not looking for this big, huge spotlight. And it's all about me. Yeah. It was all about what they're crafting and yeah. it's all about telling the story. You know what I love too, is that they visited each other on their sets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, hanging out. they yes. were, uh, yeah, not just hanging out, but learning from each other too. And bouncing and ideas ask, off each yeah, other. Yeah. Bouncing ideas right. off each other. There, right. there wasn't that, proud uh, this is my thing and you can't be involved it was no let's and see see work together see i you know mark your bingo cards but this is like what i felt like when i was having really fun as an as an art student is when a bunch of us had assignments we're in a room late at night like in a, in a lab or something working on stuff and like somebody would just suddenly be like guys what what do you think about this and we'd all walk over and go well you try this what do you do this you know i got an idea Try this. You know, it was it was really mm -hmm. fun with the digital stuff because we wouldn't mess each other's shit up. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But like we'd like start like playing with different like, you know, oh, grab the camera and do this or, or or what if you try doing this? And like that spirit of collaboration, because suddenly every one of us cared about all of the art, not our own art. Yeah. And that is when it was fun. Yeah. You know, and that's just a tiny, tiny little microcosm. Yeah, you could tell this. that they were having fun. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they had their bad days. Right. But they were it was obviously this was a great fun experience for them i also love the fact that it came out that bryce dallas howard was the baby director of the group and john favreau goes yeah we literally gave you the hardest episode you're welcome because <laughs> nobody else you know nobody else everybody else knew what they were getting because into here's the thing. I, i've bagged on bryce dallas howard a lot 
I've called I was her like in, I was I, impressed with her. I've called her the robot because I don't like her acting very much, and I know I'm sure. not alone in that. But um, like, I really liked her episode. It was very like a very Kurosawa standard story, sure. but it was done very well. <laughs> it created Samurai. one of the most you know popular memes on the internet. And I, her attitude about the work is, is the charming best. as yes. all get she, out. She is one of those that, I mean, she grew up in, I mean, and, and she could have gone two ways, right? I mean, kids that grew up with famous fathers and mothers and yeah, all going that going to stuff. dinner with George Lucas and Kurosawa, <laughs> right. Kurosawa and all that. I mean, yeah. I mean, she, I mean <laughs> falling asleep on her dad's shoulder. There's those kids lucky, that don't know who these people are other than the person that we're going out to eat with. And yeah. then there's people like her that understand how huge that is yeah right and appreciate it and yeah maybe she was the most inexperienced in that group but she you also seemed you can't call that episode a weak link no no, no mean, it was not if i called it like one of my two least favorite episodes of the season that doesn't That's mean not, anything yeah, right. because say, all of all them good. are so good right but I mean, the point being though is, is she may have been the most enthusiastic out of all. I know that because that was really charming. The whole time yeah. she was just sitting there with a huge grin on her face. Yeah. I loved that, man. I yeah. did too, man. I, I wanted that. I, I have to admit, I saw the humanity in Bryce Dallas Howard, and I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to give that humanity a hug. <laughs> Absolutely, I really did. Her AI got an upgrade. Yeah, it really did. It really, I'm convinced <laughs> now. Well, you know, another interesting thing that came out of that uh, that the series uh, is uh, we. have we all have a respect for George Lucas. Yes. And we've ragged on him a bunch. Because it's fun. The guys, yeah. you can't put a dent in George Lucas and, at this point, and, so have fun yeah. with it. And he's had his missteps, oh, of sure. course. But it almost kind of like reaff my boy. <laughs> reaffirmed, especially listening to Filoni, reaffirmed that respect because to, for George Lucas. George is such a recluse that you never get the heart to heart. From George Lucas. You right. put the camera on George Lucas, you're going to get the uncomfortable George Lucas. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the George Lucas who says one thing one time and the complete opposite another time because it's not, it's, he's, not, I don't feel like he's comfortable at all in front of a camera. So to get to hear George Filoni talk about George Filoni, Dave Filoni, but yeah, I'm going to call him George Jr. <laughs> okay. Do that. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. To hear Dave Filoni talk about George in that sort of one on one <laughs> capacity with the level of oh, heart yeah. and understanding that Dave Filoni is able to extract. Because who know, a lot of people, George might have talked that way to a lot of people, and it's just like, uh, okay, In one ear, out whatever. the other. Yeah. yeah, right. But Dave Filoni was enough of a sponge mm -hmm. to really process it. Almost like, think of it as like George Lucas is kind of like the, uh, he's kind of like the, the Aspie guy who... He's got a lot of stuff going on up here, but it doesn't really come out from right. the mouth that well. Right. And then you've got, you know, let's let's say he's like he's like the world's like oh, here you go, how he's like a hyper developer. He's like the world's greatest developer, but he can barely string a sentence together. Yeah. Right. And then George Filoni is the world's greatest business analyst or systems <laughs> analyst who can listen to I'm I'm just putting this in terms that you and I would understand, <laughs> where he can like listen to him and go, Yeah, yeah, no. I understand. He's a people person. Well, he deals with people <laughs> and, and people have uh, the, like those directors and, and the writers they they look at Filoni as well if Filoni says it it's it's like coming directly from George Lucas which we it's funny two years ago I mean we've been doing this podcast what five years yeah two years oh, ago geez. we were saying we wish I mean at least two maybe three maybe four we were saying we wish we wish more people would look at Dave Filoni yeah as like the beating heart of what Star Wars Filoni's could Dave. be yeah. right and we were we we're like we, it sucks that it won't happen. It sucks to happen. I feel like this Disney Gallery 
first couple episodes. Highlighted him. Yeah, highlighted in way, him right. in such a meaningful way. And you're right. It might have been the fact that John Favreau was doing a little PR. Yeah. A yeah. little wink, wink, nod. Yeah. You know, to, to, to say, hey, I've got a great idea on how to save this damn franchise. Right. We're going to start off this series with a few episodes of a thing. Right. And I'm going to put, I'm going to get, I'm going to catch you effort on camera <laughs> saying the kind of crap you say to me right. when we're drinking right yeah. and i'm gonna show it to everybody <laughs> right. yeah and i think i think uh, towards the end or at the end of this episode we're gonna play yes his uh, snippet from Floney, which yeah blew if you if you don't have mind. disney plus or you haven't seen the series we're gonna play uh, really a substantial snippet of something that Floney says at the end of the second episode that is just pretty I much mean, brought us almost almost all we all got emotional yeah all of us got emotional so so stick <laughs> around shows his understanding st- stick around for that what else wow. we got going on news mike well uh news from the set of the mandalorian kinds of might as well keep moving into Hot that thing. let me guess we have a teaser we do not have a teaser because every I, I video hear, in my youtube feed I know, says mandalorian teaser. season two teaser <laughs> yeah I, I hear every actor in Hollywood's going to be in season two. Is oh my uh, god! <laughs> okay, yeah. So this, that's where we're going here. I'm so, so Brad Pitt. Uh, here Pitt. we go. Right, so so great people coming on board. Le- Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in it. I'm out. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> the South no, African. The, the latest as of today is uh, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> really? Oliphant? Yes. Will okay. be in season two as as a Timothy Oliphant. Uh, I was a very fan club member. Justified. No, no, I did. I really like back in the Deadwood days was not on board, but now I think I love him. His career since then, like he just seems to do like fun stuff that he seems to enjoy. And I ha- I've developed a mad respect and appreciation. Yeah, he's for him. awesome. No, and I do he was like in that episode of The Good Place. Yes, as yeah. himself. That's right. <laughs> so the Love these announcements scene. have have been coming hot yeah. and heavy the last week or two. Yeah, who do we I have? Heard and, uh, oh, yeah. So okay, so. Before Timothy Offen, yeah, uh, the like, most recent prior to him was uh, Tamara Morrison. Yeah. So now there's a little confusion here, right? <laughs> yeah. <'Cause, you> think? <laughs> <laughs> so I think Tamara Morrison was announced and in some respect. Immediately yelled Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Everybody yelled Boba Fett. Boba Fett's Boba in. Fett. Oh, Jango, Fett. Jango Fett's coming. It's going to be Boba Fett. Where? And then somebody thoughtfully. Took a step back and said, "Now wait a minute. <laughs> we could do. We there's a lot of people he could be. Oh, you know, like literally. Since he's a lot no of he people. Is, since he is the clone of he the clone. Literally <laughs> the the cloned guy. <laughs> so and Tamara Morrison, for those who don't know, played Jango Fett in the prequels, right? And he was the yeah, he was the guy that oh, they that used. Reminds to. me, I saw a headline pop up somewhere that said. Could Django Fett really still be alive? Oh, my God. I know. I want to I'm shoot like, myself what? in the head. Well, the head didn't fall out of the helmet. I'm just saying. He, he just yeah, he turtled up true. before Mace no. took the swing. If you look, there's he a spider leg put on his head. His and now he's got a spider leg head. Yeah. Yoink. Spider leg head. <laughs> they cloned him a new head and just pasted it on. They cloned a new one. Yeah. No, I like spider leg head. Sorry. That wins. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> nice. on top and <laughs> Okay, so yes, I'm sweating too hard to start laughing this month. Boba Fett uh. is a possibility now. Some people were saying it wouldn't be a possibility because he wouldn't be the right age, but may- it's called makeup. People, I feel like it's not that far off. No, it's not. I mean, did you see him in in uh, in the Aquaman? Yeah, yeah right. They, they, aged, they yeah. aged him in Aquaman. Sure. I feel like that'd be perfect. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also, I mean, okay, so if, if Boba Fett is alive, then 
obviously he's also been partially digested in the sarlacc for some for undisclosed amount of time. No, I think what I'm I saying think is they could well within the range. What I'm saying is yeah. they can scar him up and he'd be just fine. Yep. He doesn't even have to take off his helmet. He's Boba Fett. True. Take off his helmet. Hey, you just talk like this. Uh, so well, yes, I, it could totally be Boba like Fett, but it could also be Captain Rex. Somebody pointed this out yeah, too, it could right? Be Rex. It could literally be any clone. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally any, any clone. clone. Yes. So now the Captain the Rex on the ship. That. Captain Rex came up, and we're going to be talking about uh, Clone Wars here shortly. But it could, you know, given the ending to everybody forgets about Blango. It's going to be Jaster. Blango Fett. Given the ending to Clone Wars um, and the relationship that was developed between Ahsoka and uh, Captain Rex, and the fact that Rosario Dawson, one of the announced, right, that's going to be playing Ahsoka in a season two, that would make sense, right? I mean, to have Captain Rex and... Yeah. And what about this next one? What about this next one? What about this next one? I know. What about this next one? I know. What about Mike? Come on, Mike. Katie Sackhoff is also Loves me some Katie. Yeah, so... Almost as much as Rosario. For those who don't know, Katie Sackhoff voiced the... She's playing Padme. She's not playing Padme. (laughs) (laughs) She voiced Bo-Katan in both the Rebel series and Clone Wars. And I got my picture with her with the family and my kid dressed up in the Sabine Mando outfit. Nice. Oh, what if she plays Starbuck and they do a crossover? I'm I'm all for it. I'm in the Anakin goes, are you an angel? Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Funny you should mention that. (laughs) So we got some big announcements. I mean, there's some big names, but this has also <laughs> caused some memeable moments, right? Because mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, everybody, it seems, is going to be in season two of The Mandalorian. That's including- because, guess what? Mandalorian ain't standing in slippery mud. Well, Mandalorian planted his damn feet, and it has got cart blocks. Yeah, well, look at these people check, that they're in, These aren't. Slack They're holes. attracting big talent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, remember, we still got uh we still got Kyle Reese too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Bean. Yeah. Oh man. And we I'm barely we we barely scratched the surface with Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's been in two apps <laughs> so far. So he has a freaking dark saber, man. I know, I know. And, uh, and wait, who's who's the guy from uh or the dark saber? Uh, Tombstone? Is that Michael, Michael Bean. Bean. That's my, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I meant by uh, Johnny Powers. Ringo. Johnny Ringo. Yes. So, yeah, lots of good stuff coming up that are, they're attracting the talent, like you said. I mean, there's just a lot of big things happening right now. Yes, sir. On the set of The Mandalorian. And I, I love this idea of potential, uh, I, I hesitate to say spinoffs because I don't think they would necessarily be spinoffs, but they're introducing enough. Look. Interesting characters that they could take these people planting the seeds yes. that they could they that so that later on they can reap what they've sown. Yes, yeah. amen, amen. God forbid Star Wars takes the time to marvel things rather than splooge the DC load. Yep. And I'll t- I'll tell you what this stuff is, and I always gauge these things you know that are happening in the Star Wars world by what. My family and friends who aren't super nerds, the normies, how they react to it, and I gotta say, even my wife, man, the straights. My my wife, she's been rewatching Mando Mandalorian without me. Yep, she's like she's binging them, yep. getting prepped up, and she's been watching these uh, gallery. In all episodes. fairness, your wife has exceptionally good entertainment taste. <laughs> she does, she does. That's this true. Is true. That's From true. What I've heard. But I, she's even, you know, when we Would found out that Rosario, it if it wasn't on Disney. <laughs> That's a good point. Was she's, already, she's already a Disney-aholic. <laughs> right. 
Now, when she, when she found out that Rosario Dawson was going to come and she found out about this Ahsoka character, mm-hmm. um, she actually sat down and watched the last four episodes there of the go. Clone Wars with me. There you go. She's not really a cartoon fan or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, we'll get there. But okay. she's like, okay, who is she, she and what is she? Girl. You know, yeah. she's asking questions. And you said, well, let me go back and we'll watch the theatrical movie, Star Wars Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, no! Right, yeah, no, don't start there. Dooku! <laughs> Count Dooku! <laughs> Zero the hunt. <laughs> The point being that, you know, even my wife, who's a normie, mm-hmm. is attracted to these things. Yes. You know, so that says something to me. So Because what it's, what, it's, what it's causing is, like, the Mandalorian is putting, like, even the news here is putting the, like, this kind of, like, B-tier, C-tier stuff that the hardcores know is substantial in the ears of people who have no idea what it is. Well enough that, like you said, they're starting to investigate. Yes. That is a big step. And the nice thing about it is that, and this is what honks me off about, sorry if I'm uh, tripping or making some people mad, but people like Ryan Johnson wants to go off and do their own thing. I respect his his thought process on that, but I more respect the fact that like Ahsoka has got like a whole history now. Mm-hmm. So I, when I sit down and my wife can ask questions, you know, I can answer those questions and fill in blanks for, and you know, Rather we're not starting. Someone goes, from... why didn't everybody just kamikaze their ships into the fleets? And go, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. It's like a million to one chance. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. But you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. it's. I I love that. You know, I know some people don't appreciate this and want the new stuff and blah blah blah. And I can appreciate that too. But weaving in all the, all these different, you know, the comics and the and the TV shows and the cartoons and the movies and all this stuff. There's a reason for it. Yeah, you're it, making because baskets it, from it, all the... Well, it, it weaves together a bigger universe to draw from mm-hmm. that's richer, Continuity fuller. Continuity is king. Yes. Yes. And that's why it's taking that and a lot of other reasons why it's taking so long to recover from the Disney buyout. Because they wiped their balls right. with continuity. Right. And they're having to build it fresh. And so it's taking the people who are committed to it. Right. Dave Filoni. Not just to bring back, you know, all the welcome back from the old stuff, right? But like, but like building new, new through stories. lines. Right. Mm-hmm. It's and and it's you can't do that in a condensed amount of time. That's what they lost when they threw everything out. Now I get it. I've said it all along. I understand why, but they could, they should never have expected to have the level of complete and total non-divisive fan commitment. In, in, in sort of like an anarchistic chaos. And these little through lines and weaving these connection points are what sews that hole, like stitches it back together slowly. Right. And we're experiencing that because, thank God, some of the right people are in place to do it. And honest, and I'll say it again, maybe, just maybe, Kathleen Kennedy knows that and yeah. sees it because we are seeing evidence in our eyes, not... I mean, in a series, in a television series that Disney's putting out, not some backwater news channel, not some Reddit leak, right out in front of us, they're 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 stating what we know to be true. Uh, my my fear with Kathleen Kennedy, and I don't know why I felt this this way, but she was on the second episode of that gallery series. Yeah, she was, and it was <laughs> it felt like nails on a chalkboard. It was it was a little awkward. You're right. You're right. And I, I don't know why I felt that way. I, it almost felt like 
I'm coming from a corporate level. Now I'm talking about this from a corporate level, not from a love of Star Wars. At the same time, she's a producer. I mean, the stereotypical role of the producer is a person with the checkbook. You know what I mean? Right. The producer and the yeah. director, the, the old age old story is the producer and director fight because the director has a creative vision. The producer has to control the budget. Yeah, but just, I would rather her not try to come off as I love Star Wars if she doesn't. I think I think she does, but I, it doesn't. Uh, does. I don't. In I don't her own way. Like yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, does she fair. like it because of the checkbook? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, I'm, like I'm talks, a broken record, but literally it, I think 80% of my top 100 movies are produced by Kevin. Yeah, Kennedy's I know. Book. I don't feel like but, when she's talking, I don't feel the genuineness. How can, but how can you even exist at that level in a corporate structure and even sound like a human Because you have being a anymore? checkbook. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, right. Like how can right. you, I, you know what? I'll make one exception to that. I'll make one exception to that. Watching like Imagineers and all the other behind this. I'm sorry. I love behind the scene crap. So I've been eating up all these D plus series. Bob Iger always strikes me as a pretty, uh, for his position, literally the CEO up until whatever of like one of the biggest corporations in the, in the world strikes me as a surprisingly genuine dude for that level. I feel like you can pick up genuineness pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. Perfect I think example. his biography Michael, is an Michael Eisner of that. never struck anybody that way. And if you actually watch the Imagineer series, you can see you actually, I got a better, I was talking to my dad about this the other day. I got a better view of who he was as a person. And like, and I have more respect for him now compared to back then. But like, I also could sense that he was a, even though of the two, because he had a CEO or another guy that he worked with that was the business brains and he was sort of like the creative business brains, I could still sense he was kind of like a head of business slime ball. A little bit. Mm -hmm. At least a little bit. You know what I mean? Bob Iger, I get kind of a, I'm like, I feel like, I feel like Bob Iger might be an okay guy. You know, Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like she's okay. She just doesn't. She's the, not going to strike me as like as warm as the the thing with you know Kathleen Kennedy that everybody needs to wrap their mind around is that when Lucas ran Luke, you know the company, yeah, you know it was his creative vision and he ran the company, right? right. That's a rare thing yes. to be the creative at the top and to be the producer and the you know and that definitely run came, the company that came with it its own heavy. Pitfalls. She is it did it very much did yeah. Now she takes over and she is in much more of a traditional role, but people try to hold her to a higher standard because right. they're used to, you know, Lucasfilm having the creative at the very top. Right. She's not the creative. Yeah. Now you can, you can, I, I still think there's room for criticism of her because I don't, I still don't think I, I, you know, I've said it before. They're too loose lip with, with half the stuff that they announce. Yeah. You know, the mar on the I, marketing side agreed. Right. And I, and I still feel like, you know, we're, we're talking about Filoni and you're sounding very positive about, well, there's certain people in place. I still feel like Favreau and Filoni are still in in a pocket. But 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 this <laughs> this Disney gallery thing has to show she showed up to be on a TV show. Yeah, I don't think uh, Favreau is in any pocket. That's the thing. That's where I'm at the point now where I feel like her Favreau's being on that show, in a pocket. her being on that, like that five or 10 minutes that she was yeah. in that show was a way of acknowledgement that because she's a, here's the thing. I, I, if she is right. a successful producer as she definitely is and she is a wildly successful producer 
She's got to be savvy business-wise. So let's put all the politics and all the fandom menace crap and all the suck-up crap aside and go strictly business. She's got to be looking at the success of The Mandalorian going, how do I make this happen over here? And, and to be quite honest, I think she had to be on this for there to be any credibility for her there would, and for them in Star Wars going forward. But 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 she's got to be aware of that. Yes. That's the thing. I think... And I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm I wouldn't saying. bet the yeah. farm. Maybe she's, farm. maybe she's aware of it, but yeah. I, I still, I still feel like that she's got her pet projects and the things that she wants to do. It's and, possible. And, and, and it doesn't matter that the, you know, the success over here is going on. Right. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't well, know. I, you, I guess you could see it both like ways. Her, but. I think money talks more than. Uh, money has to I don't talk, know, man. For money her, has to talk. Well, for her, I think money has to talk, right? Yeah, that's her job. Yeah. If it's not her job, then no, not her job. Her job. Her job. There you go. Then I don't think Disney's going to keep her around for much longer. Exactly. No, I feel I I think that if there ever was a corporate level intention to push the political messaging and all that crap, I think that that is at the at most sidelined if not someone is it's put getting put to bed to at least in the major media we may still see it in some of the side secondary media but i think it's being put to bed because they're like i think someone is stepping and going story first you know like tell don't preach I, it'll be an interesting couple of years it will that's, be that's for sure <laughs> yeah. i uh an interesting five years. What I, I would agree. hope five for. Years. I know. I know. Four there's years. four years. There's a lot of lot of naive three, people three. out there that keep calling for Dave Filoni to be the one to run Lucasfilm and things like that. He's, I don't, he's, he's not a runner. He's a no, creative no, no. director. He's yeah. not. I mean, the guy just came out of animation. You know, ten years ago. Well, he didn't so, know animation. He right. didn't even. I love his story, but yeah. I do too. I I, I love it's it so too. Good. But it's so I mean, I think people need to understand that that's not. He's never going to be a Kathleen Kennedy role. Um, I don't want him to be. I don't want him to have no, that kind of corporate I, I don't, I don't either. And I think that that's what this needs to grow into is there needs to be, whether it's Kathleen Kennedy, if she comes around um, or, or they bring in someone else like a Favreau or someone like that and that they can create a partnership between. And that's why I am encouraged. You're right. I'm encouraged to see Favreau and Filoni developing the relationship they have because yeah. if by some miracle – Kathleen Kennedy steps aside and Fabro steps in, you know, to me that that would be a perfect relationship where you've got a guy like Favreau that knows how to run things. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you've got the creative, you've got the guy that knows stories and the history and the, you know, and all that stuff. Exactly. To me, that's the most ideal situation. And it wouldn't have to be guys, but in this situation they are. So but in this situation, in this, yeah, in this situation, they're a couple of white dudes, but that's the other thing is that the diversity of that direction. I know. Right, it, like you're sitting there looking at a diverse group, very of yeah. the of directors. Do, hey, hey, forty year old Midwestern white guy, are you put off by that at all? Not at all. No, hell not no. even remotely. Like, like this is one of the times where I'm like, yay, diversity, because everybody there is really good. <laughs> but you're gonna have that faction that yeah, are always course. gonna be mad that the person at the top isn't. <laughs> or you're gonna have the faction that's gonna be mad that as soon as they pick somebody, they're of a diverse, you know, or, or a different ethnic background or whatever, religious, sexual, whatever. Uh, you're gonna have the people who applaud that and hate that. You're gonna have the people that applaud and hate that it's a white dude at the top or not. 
all I'm doing is looking at is like the people who are doing it now clearly accept that their creative talents can be used to support something else rather than their own existence. And I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah. That's great. That's great. What else in news, Mike? You no, know, that's all I had for news. What? You heard it again. The intro, they're getting kind of weak, y'all. I just want to point that out. Yeah. It's been five years. I don't know if y'all know this, but every time George Lucas get in front of a microphone over the last 40 years, he'd tell people, oh, I always just had nine movies in mind. Oh, I always just planned to do three movies. Well, six movies was my plan all along. I don't know if y'all know this, but I was going to do nine movies. Changing the story left and right. Well, Dave Filoni said, it's unfortunate because I always wanted to end the Clone Wars series with Ahsoka kind of on her own dealing with Order 66. Unfortunately, it didn't get to happen until it did. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. He got his opportunity, baby. That dude went on record forever ago going, this is how I wanted to end it. (laughs) And then he did. Yeah, and then he did it. (laughs) What? Good on him. And you know it because it's time to talk about the Clone Wars hoes. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's time to talk about Star Wars colon Clone Wars. No. The Clone Wars. Wait, which one was Clone Clone Wars? Wars and which one was The Clone Wars? Tartakovsky was Clone Wars. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. Star Wars Clone Wars was the... Yeah, it was the... See? See? Samurai Samurai Jack, yeah. Samurai Jack! Yippers. Clone Wars sucks, you guys. Which is a good series in and of itself. I bag on Clone Wars a lot. Word. Why? It's... it's, I bag on it a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm fessing up. It's do some criticism. I have bagged like it, on it a lot. Like now, 60 40. I also, you know, I've also bagged on, I loved Rebels from the get, from the jump, but I bagged on some aspects of Rebels toward the front. We've talked about how this latest, this final season of, of the Clone Wars, the animation has kicked up a notch. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. To say the least. Mm-hmm. But I watched so every watches. episode of this season. I have not watched every episode of any season of The Clone Wars. <laughs> well, thankfully, there was only, what, 10, 11? Yeah, it helps that there's not like 21 so. episodes right, or whatever. Right, right. Seven seasons. Yeah, seven seasons. And a movie. <laughs> and a movie. Yeah, technically, that was a theatrical release. <laughs> oh, man, I've tried to watch that movie. It was one of my first dates with <laughs> my wife. I can't believe she married me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 133 episodes. So. That, uh... I, I I watched it. The season overall was pretty good. Yeah. But those last four episodes. Those were breathtaking. Was probably right in the middle of my favorite Star Wars movies. It, yeah. Those last four episodes are a movie. Yes. Very, might as well, very much. Might as well call them a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they even, They're gonna they f- even break them off. They don't have the traditional. Right. They do. They did the. They did the actual. Theme. You know they're going to release a cut of this that's just all cut together. Yeah, right. But Super I mean the, that fourth to last ep- third to last ep- fourth to last episode starts with the actual theatrical music yes. instead of the I know. like the bump 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 yep. bump thing. 
and and they and they drew it back and the bat they didn't do a text crawl. Right. They didn't want to waste time. And on then that. the subsequent episodes have the 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 graphic come up. Yeah. But and no then music. It, it's just silent. Well, it's music. There's music, but it's more Very like it's almost like in the background. Yeah. Right. Yes. Haunting. Yeah. Good. Yeah, man. Stuff. <laughs> Well, it's very good. So let's talk about everything. Let's quickly talk about everything that wasn't the four, four final episodes. Okay. Bad so, batch. Okay. I'll, I'll take a nap. Go ahead. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Like so the when, they decided, the when they decided no, no, to no, do no, this, no. there season. were things that they needed to reintroduce, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because there were things that happened in the sixth season that they needed to retouch on, right? And, and a movie. Because it's been a while. Right. So Bad Batch... Um, Basically, ended up being a mission to save, and I can't, I can't Echo. remember. I keep, Echo, yes. So Echo from season six was the clone that realized something just wasn't right with in, his himself, head. in his head. And he's the one that basically found out <laughs> that, that there was an inhibitor chip and in all the clones. That was fives. See, that's what I thought. I thought it was fives, too. I thought it was Echo. No, Echo was got shot, supposedly. Oh, they rescued Echo, but the one with the chip, who discovered the chip was Fives. Is that what you're saying, Garrick? Yeah. Oh, they, so they Echo is different than Fives. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. I, they're all clones of each other, Mike, so I forgive I you for getting <laughs> them confused. Yeah, stop being racist. <laughs> yeah, you're clonist. They all look alike. I'm getting uh Dern Gooden, confused. too. So, okay, well, I, that's why I thought they did uh, Fives then, because I thought they were reintroducing the whole concept of the inhibitor chip and all that stuff, Mm-mm. so. They did. Fives told them about it before he died yeah yeah okay so anyway yeah the starts off bag ba- bad batch and they figure out that echo might still be alive right and so they go on a mission to save him the bad batch are basically what uh four or five clones that were a little more independent than the uh i feel like it was like the the what was the squad that was the clone the commando star wars commando he just said it oh is that what it was Republic, the Republic yeah, Commando. I feel like yeah. I feel like this is almost a nod to the Republic Commando stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. None of which I don't think is canon because you know that's yeah, all the wiped off. Yeah. That's all the marvelous. There was, a, there was a commando in one of the episodes, but I don't think it was like Scorch or whoever. Oh, okay. Or the other ones are. But yeah, the Bad Batch. They're they're different from the rest of the clones. They don't even all look the same. They're they basically are malformed clones that have specialities. They're super clones, and. I liked them. I mean, yeah. a lot of people said this is throwaway stuff. I'm like, okay, have you watched yeah. all of the Clone Wars? Right. Because I feel like this is like they were, yeah, it was better mid high at worst. Right. Well, it was originally throwaway stuff. <laughs> and then, they, then they actually animated yeah, it. That's true. Later. That's true. But I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it well enough. I mean, I fighting a battle droids that look like bugs and stuff. I've, I'm mm-hmm. a hard pass on that. But I don't like Starship Troopers and. <laughs> I don't, you well, know, the bug, the bug commander. Great. I mean, he he was a throwback from the the last. No, season, yeah, so. the spider dude. Yeah, yeah. No, he's kind of cool, and I like the fact that it was like the techno union yeah, guys right. who had taken yeah. Echo and like hooked him up to everything and tried to milk his brain for tactical strategic information, right? So that they could predict clone operations. Yeah, that was cool. That was clever. Yeah, it's that's fine. That yeah. was that's actually perfectly fine. Um, but because it's a bunch of techno union nobodies. Yeah, it right. felt low stakes. Yeah, it was. And I think low that's stakes. probably the what starts a lot of the complaints off there. But yet there was some good. There was some good Anakin. A little bit oh, of good. Yeah. He wasn't taking the lead. He was definitely taking his side so that the Bad Batch and Rex could kind of like be uh, be for you know front 
first and foremost in the episodes. Right. I kind of like the Bad Batch. I like stories like that. I like your misfits, your, uh, you know. Sure. All the different, like, you know, what was the World War II movie with all the, the weirdos, the Donald Sutherland? Oh, movie? what's that? Oh, yeah. uh, oh my gosh. I know, right? Why can I think Memphis of it? Bell. No. no, no, no. But like all those, all those types of, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. We're Hogan's bringing in the weirdos. Heroes. Hogan's Heroes is, is a fine example of that all the way up to Inglorious Bastards, the same kind of <laughs> sure, thing. You right. know what I mean? I like that kind Dirty of Dirty Dozen. Stuff. That's Dirty Dozen. Yeah, Thank right. you. Uh, but yeah. Um, so I dug that, but yeah, it was, it was relatively, okay, Echo gets rescued. Hooray. Yeah, right, yeah. So. And then he goes off with the Bad Batch because he doesn't fit anymore. Okay. I would have liked to see a little more of Anakin and Obi-Wan in those episodes, but it was okay. I, I understand why they did it. Yeah, and I also felt like they were trying not to get you too deep in with Anakin and Obi-Wan because they probably knew that you weren't going to get a lot of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Sure, at the end. later, right. So, which makes That's sense. the movie. Yeah. So that was the first arc. The second arc, unless there's anything more to say about that. No. You guys. No, I feel that's fine. Let's race through these because Howie's getting bored. Sure. Uh, the second arc, <laughs> He's okay. <over> eating. <laughs> the second arc basically was the reintroduction of Ahsoka, right? So the it's it starts Chicken. off, um, you know, as she's walking away from the temple, which is where we saw her last um, in last season. Yep. You know, now we've had books and things since then saying what she did. And we know in Rebels, she ended up you know, being part of the the rebellion, but um, this basically picks up right as she's walking away, and uh, and we pretty much get the scene from that canceled EA game. Oh, 13, 13. 13, yeah. 13. It's like it's straight. It's so when EA first got the exclusive Star Wars license, they announced thirteen thirteen, which was rumored to be a, a Boba Fett coming of age story, and the footage that they released, I think, at EA that year was basically this big you know, cylindrical hole on Coruscant and a ship crashing through that hole. And it was this big cut scene and like quick time events that happened during that scene. And I love the fact that these three episodes kick off right with Ahsoka with pretty much going through that exact same scene yeah. down to 1313, which I don't know if this is exactly warranted, but Welcome why not? Back. Hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Your dream. Welcome back, ish, because it was never, it yeah. never got made, right? So. The game never got made, but everybody was ready for it. They were saying that this was going to be the start. Yeah. This would all be part of new canon and everything, and then yeah. it got EA'd. Right. So yep. she literally has that scene. Her speeder crashes yeah, down right. through that hole, and she ends up on thirteen thirteen. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So uh, that was that was cool. She goes through an arc where she meets uh, meets a couple of sisters, and they have some adventures and. <laughs> they had a lot of nods to like Solo, the movie. Yes, Solo. yes. Like go to Kessel and all that stuff. Yeah, they yeah, went, they but they right. went to they the went to pikes. the other side of Kessel, the nice part of Kessel. Apparently. Yeah, I didn't know. I was I was really <laughs> confused. Yeah, it's funny, which is great because there is a planet with more than one biome. Yes, yes. Yeah, Kessel right, has finally. more than one uh, biome yeah. apparently. But then they went to the other part of the and she goes, "Now this is the Kessel I've heard about, <laughs> or that I know." Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, me too. You and me both." But the these so these sisters like yeah like it's an interesting dynamic for star wars to explore it's the dynamic where one like sibling is sort of controlling like the sibling who's maybe less moral and ethical is controlling the sibling who is more that way right. because of the sibling relationship there's like a there's a symbiosis a, a symbiosis that that where one relies on the other and one trusts the other but the other one maybe takes advantage of that to some degree, but it's cloudy as to how much. And 
I can't say these were my favorite characters, but I liked that they explored this dynamic because I feel like for a quote children's show, end quote, this is actually a little bit of a complex dynamics for how does Ahsoka navigate this where the innocent sure. one clearly goes, hey, I like you, you're respectable. And the one who's less innocent goes, you're getting in the way of this thing I got going and I doubt everything that you're doing. Let's go run some drugs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hooray! Well, then it gets more complex too because then we find out that the parents were killed and it looks like the Jedi had their fingerprints on that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. she's real careful. She doesn't want to reveal that she's or was formerly I, a Jedi. I like that. That was probably my favorite part of that arc is just getting the, every, so I guess, quote unquote, every man's take on, on the Jedi. A Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're like, probably right. Yeah. From the movies and all that, we've always seen the high level. Oh yeah. They're guardians of peace and right. stuff, but I don't yeah, know that I would stuff up and hurting people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the, there's like, collateral damage. It's right. just like yeah, the, the whole, lots of collateral damage. We've seen it a thousand addressed. times in superhero comics. You know what I mean? But now right. we're seeing it like yeah. right here in star Wars. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would have taken three episodes to get to the point. Sure. Honestly, yeah. it, I mean, a lot of people have leveled criticism at these three episodes I will say this, literally, and I, I, I don't think there's any exceptions. Every male in these three episodes is a bad guy or evil, and every female is a good guy. I believe that's true. Oh, yeah. I, I, I if, someone, right. if someone could point out characters that are exceptions to that, yeah. I'd be I'm open to hear it, which I feel like is a bit ham-fisted. Yeah, sure. Especially for three episodes. Sure. But I mean, is I I believe it's literally every male's good, every female's bad, yeah. or every, the other way around. I mean, even the Mandalorians in the background, all female, which oh, makes yeah, sense. Right, yeah, it was right. Bo-Katan, Ursa Wren, mm -hmm. but like, uh, I, I mean, there might have been a male Mando who never said anything. That might be the one exception, but I don't right. know. If, if yeah. We saw. So so it that felt it felt ham fisted given the story they were trying to tell. But yeah. that aside, um. I like what they were exploring. Like Garrick said, giving that, that every man other side of the story. Mm -hmm. And I, and I don't know. I just, I, I think that maybe a two story, a two episode arc would have been probably good. more appropriate. Yeah. I would probably agree. Yeah. I, I felt like they kind of had my fill. Bit. Yeah. But I mean, those, uh, how many times they end up back in that jail cell? My yeah, gosh. I know. I was kind of scratching my head a little bit. I was like, Really? really? We're again? back here again? <laughs> that was for naught? Yeah. I mean, I, I I get why they did the arc. I mean, we had to have that reintroduction. We couldn't have just went straight to the last four episodes. We needed a way for... At the same time, if they did, and you saw that hologram of Ahsoka, you'd have been like, oh, yiggity. Wait, why is she with Boca? <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had to have that set up, though. So, um, so anyway, those episodes are what they are. But I feel like the whole season was pretty good. Yeah, for the most part. Um, then we get to the last four episodes, right? I mean, this oh, is this is the bread and butter. This yay, is the meat. This is what everybody was waiting for. And uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, I like this better than Force Awakens. The last four episodes better than Force Awakens. Yeah, I do. Better than Ep Two. Better than Ep One. And better than uh, definitely the Last Jedi. And what about I, the Clone Wars movie? The Clone Wars movie <laughs> ranks somewhere between Last Jedi and Episode One for me. I, uh, Everybody always forgets that one in there. I, oh, yeah, we do. It uh, does rank pretty well. It went to theaters. Just I know. I like this better than the ending of Rebels. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's pretty, that's strong. You know, you know, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, the ending of Rebels was pretty fantastic with yes. the space whales and crap like that. I love, I love that. But it was, it was outlandish. 
acceptably outlandish. The ending of this was not outlandish, in my mm-hmm. opinion, at all. It was straight right. up right on target. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, those are those are those are fighting words. But I feel like you know you've got your hand, you've got the, your your fingers diddling your holster, but you haven't pulled, you haven't drawn your gun, you haven't drawn your gun. Now, <laughs> just to give a little background, <clears throat> in case people don't know. I haven't really got into the Clone Wars series. Yeah. I've watched. I've probably watched a total of maybe four or five. Oh, okay. Clone Wars are uh, required taste. Not including the four, last four. So right. I went into the last, watching those last four episodes. I, I had a little bit higher expectations, but mm-hmm. for me, they were, they were blown away. And it may be a little um, unfair for me to say what I said. Because I, I watched the gallery series right before. So you're already hyping? So I was already <laughs> hyping. But, uh, man, I, I've i always kind of liked Ahsoka Tana, but I didn't really get a lot of of her. Yeah, and, I hated her in the movie, but I've grown to like her yeah, more I, ever since, which I think but a this, lot of really this Yeah, this kind of made me you know fall in love with her. Yeah. As a character, oh, that, that's a testament to the the series as a whole because Ahsoka was super annoying at the beginning. Oh, super annoying! I mean, not but just in the movie too. I mean, that whole first season. I mean, she was yeah, just she was just terrible, right? I mean, she was. But she grew and matured and became right. one of the best characters ever, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Well, and means. that's a that's a great that's a great arc for her too. You know, be, be, being the 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 you know whiny snippy. You know, snips, snips, you know, right? You know, yeah. just, uh, you know, she's guy. a yeah, sky guy, you know, to, from that to the oh mature God, sky guy, I forgot about <laughs> snips and sky guy. Oh <laughs> yeah. Those early episodes were <laughs> rough as balls. And, and I find it interesting that here you have Qui-Gon Jinn who wanted to train Anakin and didn't really get to, mm-hmm. uh, but <clears throat> Anakin was training ahsoka and she was a lot more like qui-gon jinn than ended anakin. up there ended up being she a lot started more. more like anakin yes but mm-hmm. under his tutelage became more like quite that's a really yeah. good point it, yeah. it really yeah. is yeah it's like his his granddaughter mm-hmm. or something yeah Spirit I, I, honestly something. <laughs> i had not thought about that at all but there's there's that a beautiful a symmetry to that i'm gonna every time i say the the word symmetry i'm gonna say it just like that <laughs> Uh, I, 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 yeah, I like that. I like that a heck of a lot. Pretty interesting. Um, so, I mean, I don't think we need to go through the story. It's brand new. So I don't think there's any reason to spoil everything, but I mean, I do want to kind of hit the highlights because you know, the whole, so the whole four last four episodes are, and and the funny thing, I, I feel bad, like ranking it as a star Wars movie where I do. In, in the fact that I really enjoy I've watched it all the way through twice now, those four last four episodes. Um, but because the reason being is that I feel like one of the most important parts of a Star Wars movie is that there are three continual stories going, three different stories happening. That's my that's my if you're gonna make a Star Wars movie with the minimum of three plots, right? And I remember reading the Zon trilogy. And getting excited and literally like talking to my dad in the car when I was in high school. That's be like, what he did. Right. I, I was literally going, it's just like the movies. There's three different plots. Like yeah. that was a big deal to me. And uh, this does not have that. This is no. Ahsoka's a story pretty... with a little bit of Maul aside. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? And, 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 and a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Rex. But I think most of that Ahsoka's there for. 
Um, some Mandos. At the very beginning, it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. But that shifts because these take place at the same time. Like, I think... I think the end they, of the first episode, they decide to go on a mission, but that uh, to to go to Mandalore. But right as they're getting ready to leave right. is when they get the call that the chancellor has been kidnapped. Right. So Obi-Wan and, and, and Anakin get called to episode three. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. You need it on set for episode three. And I love Anakin. I love this is to me brilliant writing because they wanted to give Bo-Katan and Ahsoka clones, but they couldn't. And so Anakin's like, well, let's just divide the 501st. Well, we can't because Ahsoka's not allowed to command him anymore. Obi-Wan right. says. And then Anakin's like, oh, let's promote Captain. I love how Anakin's yeah. just like, let's just work around the system, bro. <laughs> yeah. We, the just system's there. Let's just do it. And, and Obi-Wan's like, mm, okay. <laughs> and I, I, I love that because Anakin, it's, right. not even, it's not even a question. Anakin's right. just so like, let's just do it. Yeah. It's Ahsoka. She's awesome. Yeah. Right. Just do it. We trust her. Come on. And Obi-Wan's like, it's not really regulate. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I dig that because it's not like it's not like you get they don't overplay Anakin's commitment or loyalty. It's just not a thing. Right. Anakin's just like, just do it. I, I also I, like I also love Anakin's influence over Obi-Wan because he is so by the book. Yes. But Anakin's always the one that can kind of bend him a yep. little bit. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> especially when Anakin first shows up on the bridge battle there. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you hiding down there? <laughs> Anakin, get down. We're under fire. And Anakin just <laughs> yeah. literally standing there just dodging blaster yeah. bolts like, there's only a thousand droids over there. What's your problem? <laughs> get over here. Yeah. That, was that was so well done. <laughs> that was, He's like, we surrender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many times did we hear I've it's got a, a plan and then never talk about the plan? Yeah. We heard it from Anakin. We heard it from Ahsoka. I know better than to question you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and the whole thing, like you've got Commander Cody and all of his Obi-Wan, you know, regiment, and you got Anakin's 501st all crawling under the bridge with their jetpacks. And I just I, I it that felt really cool. Good. <laughs> Sorry to bring all of that. Bless there you. I go into one spot. Yeah. Like bring, bring, cause you know that, you know where commander Cody and all them end up. Right. You know, you, they're on Utapau right. during episode three, but the five Oh first, you don't hear as much about. So I love the fact that they were both in the beginning of this four episode arc, but then commander Cody and all of his, you know, clones go mm. and you follow this part of the five Oh first and Rex right. through. Cause, oh, cause they're not in the movie there. There's nothing, you know, Right. So to be able to follow them through, well, they were a part of all of this too, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was really, yeah, really very cool. clever. And, yeah, because uh, mm -hmm. a five hundred first is a very big deal to anybody who's more than a movie fan. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So we we have the skirmish, the the, the problems on uh, Mandalore. They go to Mandalore, kind of help. Uh, Help them regain. Well, they know Maul. Basically, the reason they're going to Mandalore, right, is because yeah. Maul has kind of taken over and he's put a, he's put a puppet in place, and that's been that way in real life year for years, right? Because that was in the old old seasons of the Clone Wars, right? Where Sidious fought, you know, killed uh, Maul's bro brother, Savage, and then yeah. kind of yeah left him in charge of Mandalore, right? Yep. No, it took Maul captive. Oh, that's right. And then in the comics, which the only comic that came over from the EU as canon, they rest the the Death Watch rescued uh, Maul, <sighs> and you can see some of those characters from the comics. 
right beside him. Oh, that's neat. Which is incredible. Like the glowy, that's the glowy great. helmet ones. Yeah, the glowy helmet with the the big spikes on there. Yeah, the the one right. uh, emaciated looking. We talked about lady, this, didn't we? Mando. Yeah, I think I think we oh. I think we've mentioned it before. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned it. We mentioned the comics canon, but I don't remember mentioning that they br- they brought some of them over to the yeah actual. Series. Well, I'm talking about the comics. We, yeah, 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 I we think we've the mentioned the comics. Yeah, before. but yeah, yeah, that's which that, is great. That was really cool. But we've also, I mean, I've heard of that. That Gar Saxon was in Rebels as well. Yes. Gar Saxon was right. the one with like the thorns on his helmet, I believe, wasn't he? Don't remember. Yeah, because he got captured at the end, but he was one of the Death Watch in uh, in okay. Rebels, right? Yeah, and that that's another thing that this the series as a whole did really well is making Maul matter for anyone. Right. Oh my god, being scary! Right. <laughs> Just because, yes. like, oh. episode one, he was a throwaway. Literally, they threw him down a pit. Yep. He was you know, it was kind of hot. He's been recovering <laughs> mentally ever yeah, since. Two lines and three lines. Yeah. No, it's great, man, because, uh, you know, yeah, he was a throwaway character, but he was such a good character. I'm so glad that they brought him back. It was so dumb. Got, right. It was so, and it was George's call. Yeah. It was right. George's yeah. call, I learned recently, to bring him back. Sure. But. Man, it's paid off in spades. Yeah, it, it really was, has. And he was such a one-dimensional character <clears throat> yeah. before they brought him back. He was like, oh, revenge, kill, death, murder. But right. bringing him back, now he's, yeah. there's more subtlety to what he does. Because now yeah. he's got an obsession, which is, I was in the know, but now I have to figure out how I was actually only a pawn when I thought I was part of the plan. I don't actually know the plan. But I want to get back at my master, so I have to figure out the plan. So as everything is happening, he's the first one to understand, my, especially through these four episodes. My uh, probably my one of my favorite scenes anyway with him is when he's talking to Ahsoka after Order sixty six. Yes, yeah. And he realizes is it brilliant? He just brilliant. he just yeah <laughs> immediately understands. Oh, this is this what he is did. what he did. Yeah, yeah. right. He, oh, he had the oh the clones turn. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah. So let's talk about Order sixty six. That goes down, and of course we have again symmetry in the fact that you've got you've got Ahsoka standing on the bridge of the Sardis or whatever. Yeah, whatever that ship is version called. of Star Destroyer. Yeah. yeah, standing on the on the bridge there, and they're in hyperspace and everything. And she, and Her and she's Rex, got just Rex next moment. to him. Yeah, and it's just like it's just like it's just like Vader standing there with the Emperor and Tarkin. You know what I mean? The whole mm-hmm. we've seen this so many times, right? <clears throat> and then he gets a call coming in. He's like, "Hey, want to join us, mommy? Good news, you know." And she's like, <laughs> "She's like, nah, I like I like blue things." Apparently, <laughs> the music, the music here is was oh, yes, haunting the whole episode. And incredible, yeah, the whole episode. Yeah. The music was not Star Wars music. So, is this the second episode or the third? It's the second one, right? It has to be the third. The, Am I the, the third, third one. Okay, the music throughout this entire episode sounds more like Blade Runner than Star Wars. The penultimate. <laughs> yeah. It is like literally yeah, I like they got the Mandalorian uh, composer to do it. Oh, is that it? Like, like no, I thought it was oh. at first, but it, it's the same. Literally, the doesn't sound like Star Wars. I don't know if there's any music in the entire episode that sounds like Star Wars music. You get like a lot of like the really weird discordant, like kind of made me angry. It, it built my anxiety. Yes, like, I knew it was going to happen. Yes, because you, you know, know you're like, okay, wait, episode three is happening. We're getting close to Order Six Six. What's going to happen? We're getting close to Order Six Six. What's yeah. going to happen? And like the music is just so like, like it's just like. It really is off-putting in such an effective way, right? Oh, I thought it was so cool. I don't know if I would have. I, I don't know 
you know, if I'd had my druthers, if I would have done it that way, but I love the fact that they did it that way because it stood out as nothing is going to feel quite right right now. Mm-hmm. Buckle up because this is all this should everything should feel off. Yeah. And it does so it, well. It, yeah, very much. Yeah. And how the, the whole progression of it, too, just I mean, they, it was just executed perfectly because, you know, the order comes through. Or was it? The order comes through, <laughs> you know, you know, Rex, you know. That's the great thing about right after they tell each other they're best friends. Yes, right. (laughs) You're my bestie. (laughs) I have to kill you now. (laughs) But that's great because, um, but because that sets up his conflict, right? Because I mean, this that this trigger switches in his brain. He's like, okay, I got to do this. Yep. But then you know the 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 blaster shaking in his hands. Oh my god, I felt it in my bones. Yeah, yeah. Just the conflict and. And it was great because all the things that they had set up before. I got to admit, when they first did the the chip in the head episode, you know, yeah. from the season before, I was like, oh, this is kind of. But they it, it paid off, man. It yeah. paid off because and I thought it was smart that the the chip wasn't picked up at first on the sensors. I don't get how her doing the whole mantra of cheer it, yeah, you know, sure. with her hands yeah. like her, was, she, uh, she Vulcan mind melded with, with Rex me. while he was yeah, on right. the on the scanner table, <laughs> right? Out cold, I'm one with the force, and the force with me, I'm one with the force. And he's mouthing it back, which I thought that was cool. Yeah. I remember my daughter even asked, like, why is he doing that? I'm like, because she's like literally like just flowing through him right, right. now. I thought it was cool that the chip wasn't easy to find on med scanners because that's canon, as I recall. Right. Because it was organic. Yeah. It was it an was organic, organic in nature. But and- because she was able to like kind of like expose it with him, then the scanners could pick it up. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 it was weird, but it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. It definitely worked. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I like all that because. I mean, that's Rex's because Rex has that knowledge, right? He knows that there was this chip incident yeah, and all these things. This thing going and then he on. knows that out. he knows how close he is with Ahsoka. So that's I mean, those are the things that are keeping him from pulling yeah. the trigger. Right. Well, yeah. From what I read from that, that scene is she was bringing him back to, you know, how he was. But the inhibitor chip was reactivating to, you know, right. It was doing its trigger job. him again. Yeah. Right? So that's why it showed up on the, the scanner. Okay. I didn't. I didn't see it that way, but that's interesting. I like that take. I did. I like that take. But yeah, so like we get that cleaned up, and I actually, you know, I actually really dig the fact that Rex, despite the fact that these are all his brothers that are turned against them, is like, you know, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but they don't care. Like yeah. she doesn't want to kill him, <laughs> right? And he's like, they want to kill you. Like, yeah, but- I, I hate to say because these are my brothers, but they all want to kill you right now. And her little speech there says, you're a good soldier, and so is every one of them. And it's not their fault that they're doing this. I'm like, hell yeah. And you know what? This is like Luke New Jedi Order level shit yeah, right man, here. Right. And that's why I love that they, they took care not to kill any of them. Yep. Or as much as they could. Yep. She's, she's force pushing them. He's Sacrifice using, stun, he's using stun, you know, on his gun. <laughs> yeah. <so>. Oh, those <laughs> astromechs got astromax. the crap kicked yeah. out of him, man. <laughs> oh, poor guys. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> mm, yeah. Was, but yeah, the, and then of course, kind of brutal on some of those astromechs. I mean, but it was oh, yeah. it was effective. It was, it was good, man. Oh yeah. And then of course, Maul just ruins everything. <laughs> he's like, bye. And he's like, you want you wanted chaos? Force push. <laughs> oh, he has his moment too, right? Oh, Coming down I, the hall. Everything he says. Oh yeah, just like cut, like like squishing dudes' arms well, off and decapitating off, them with a with panels. Second best hallway well, fight scene. First before that, before that, before that, before that, when she goes into free Maul. Yes. from his like ancient Mandalorian yes. sarcophagus. Right. 
She that pins cool. one of the stormtroopers to the ceiling yeah, like Vader. in that yeah, red detention right. room, yeah. exactly like Vader did in Rogue One. And I was like, symmetry. I loved that. Well, and I love that she goes in there and he, she frees him and he's like, yeah, baby, we're going to do this. Yeah, he, at least give me a fight. He like nods to one of her lightsabers and says, give me a fighting chance. Right. Her best line. I'm not rooting for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, I thought she's like, I'm great. using you as a distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of hope you die. Go so chaos and die in the process. That's fine. <laughs> And then he gets his hall scene, man, which is great. He has no lightsaber. Nope. So, so it's he's, all force, baby. He's using the force and he's, you know, pulling panels off the wall and decapitating dudes, <laughs> impaling dudes. And then a bulk, like a blast door is closing and he pulls a guy's arm oh, through yeah. it. And it just so falls it just to the ground. <laughs> and he's got the communicator now. The- yeah. So he can yeah, oh, put on man. the wrist comms. So good. Yeah, man. And th- my favorite part is the whole time up until this point. I love Maul when he's still a little psychotic because of what happened to him, his obsession. Right. And when he's mumbling and rambling as he's trying to piece everything together and figure it out as it's happening, that to me is some of the best dialogue in the entire series. And it's just Maul talking to himself. Yeah. Right. Because the voice actor doing it is just so brilliantly sounding dangerously crazy. Like just, just like he sounds weak. He sounds weak, but that's what makes him dangerous is because he is mentally cornered by himself. You know what I mean? He is he's weak because of his obsession, and that's what makes him lash out. That's what makes him obsessed with becoming, you know, with revenge and becoming powerful. And and I I don't I don't know. I I, I could just listen to those those mumbling ramblings over and over yeah. again because of how yeah. well they're done in the dialogue. So I even good. I even love the fact that yeah, he has those thoughts of revenge and everything, but he also seems to accept his place in all of this. He does. It's like he wants to stop it, but he knows he can't stop it, so he just really wants to mess it up as much as he can. And he also accepts his role, but he's also pissed off. About, like, it's right. all these things all at once. Right. Because he, and he, he can't deal with them, but yet he's got a master plan. <laughs> which <laughs> right. I think is brilliant. Yeah, like, right. It's like, is your master plan really that effective? Doesn't matter. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah, so mine's will, be, mine's will be the underground, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> mine's will take over all the gates. By the way, his... Yes. His little scene, yes, his little scene with the holograms, uh, yeah, the holograms, uh, yeah. That so was pretty cool. what it looked like, you've got, you've got, uh, Pikey the leader, Pikey the lesser. I don't know what the the king, the <laughs> head of the pike, Beardy lesser. Beardy McPikerson, <laughs> right. And then next to him on the left looked like Prince Zizor, yes, yeah, sure or whatever. Yeah. And on the right, who do we have? Uh, from Solo, from Star Wars story. I can't remember his name. I had it until you <laughs> lost it, Paul Bettany. Paul yeah. Bettany. Yeah, you have vision. <laughs> vision. Center right there. Now, this is many years before Solo. Right. But you see him from a distance, so he could be younger, but you could see the scar on his cheek or whatever. Right. But I mean, but this is him. I mean, this is this is where he's like, okay, I'm going to start over and I'm going to become, you know, the head of the crime syndicates and all that stuff. So, yep. I mean, this is so he's uh, telling know, all of them to go into hiding. Right. Go yeah. into hiding and, you know, I'll be in touch. And because yeah. at this point, he's not sure. This is earlier on. Right. He's not sure. He knows that suddenly Sidious is hitting the lynch, the 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 pivot point. This is where the galaxy is going to pivot, and he has no idea at this point. He don't know about Order sixty six or anything. Right. He has no idea how it's going to unfold. He just he's known it's coming. He's always known that there's going to be this point where Sidious takes over everything. Right. But he knows about Skywalker. Yeah, and he knows about Skywalker, and he knows this is getting ready to happen. So he says. Because he doesn't know how it's going to develop, he just tells them, go into hiding. Right. And I kind of love that because it shows that he's in control, 
but it's completely out of control. Right. Like he he knows that it's out of control. So he's literally taking these desperation steps. Go into hiding. I'll let you know. Right. Not do this and exactly that. And this is how to. Right. And then, you know, night to rook three. And you know what I mean? It's not all <laughs> yes. like that. No, yeah. It's just going to hiding and I'll let you know. Until all this blows over, we'll meet at the Winchester. I'm sorry, some people may feel different, but (laughs) I like this because it really sets up a whole set of stories that you can do with Darth Maul, right? Uh, I mean, I know some people don't like it. You guys uh, have said you don't like, you know, the end point and all that stuff, but (laughs) I, I loved it. Let's, 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 uh, let's, let's go back forward again then to the showdown. Now we already set up, uh, you know, Garrick told us last time that uh that ray park showed up to do mocap for this lightsaber battle between Mm -hmm. maul and ahsoka Mm -hmm. i freaking loved it no grasshopper jedi no no grasshopper like it looked visceral especially those like leaping swings that he did at her several times that was ray park through and through yeah it was it had Uh, his stank all over it dude the the animation in general was Far superior oh to anything God. they had yeah. done in animation, the coloring. We went back and restarted lighting. Rebels because my daughter enjoyed this so much. And yeah. I was like, oh man, we have come a long way. Even <laughs> <Yeah>. since then. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, Rebels I was a little more simplified from even the Clone Wars before it, to be right. honest. Right. But still, I was like, But you're right. Wow, I mean, when you go watch those old episodes, you can see the stock, you know, the stock motions. Oh, the stock animations. That, Every right. time everybody mm-hmm. runs in unison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. But yeah, this was a lot different. Gorgeous. Yeah, very gorgeous. The fights were that fight was beautiful in the throne room and then up in the rafters. Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh. Yeah. Before, yeah, before basically she saves Maul's life. And I love it. I love it when Maul begs for death. It's my favorite. This <sighs> isn't the first time good. we've seen this. Yeah. It's not the first time we see it, but he go he goes fall to his death and she grabs him with the fours and he's like, he's like, What are you doing? Just kill me. Let me die. And I'm just like Oh, God, I love this character so much, and I <laughs> and, and shouldn't. I feel like I shouldn't, but I do. The great thing was, is before he's begging for death, I mean, he was mocking her, like, mm-hmm. incessantly, too, all the way up to that point. Yep, all the way up to that point, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, come on! I mocked you into killing me, and now you won't even kill me. Not fair. Not cool. <laughs> I uh, So good. I liked, I good liked it a lot. Yeah, and that last scene. Oh, oh so the last scene, yeah. Jeez. I don't want to spoil it a lot, but let me just say, we have the scenes from The Mandalorian where you've got all the Stormtrooper helmets on pikes. Remember, that was in all the trailers and everything. The Stormtrooper helmets are on sticks right outside. Like, right. I don't remember if that was Moss Eisley or if it was that other planet, but let's just say symmetry. Mm-hmm. At the end of this episode, you have the same image in, an ext- in, a, in a 180 degree different light. And it's so powerful. And then there's a final scene, which I don't think we need to discuss, but the final scene, again, is more powerful. Also, uh, so, yeah, we didn't mention this. Ahsoka got her lightsabers back, but Anakin yeah. fiddled with them. Right. Because <laughs> Anakin, you can't give him, you, he can't, you can't give, you can't even hand Anakin your iPod. He's going to dick with it. Okay, so she had green <laughs> lightsabers, right? Yeah, he's going to jailbreak that. She had green lightsabers? She had green lightsabers. Right. He ends up back and he's like, oh, I might have made a few improvements. And they're blue. <laughs> and and blue. she looks at him like, okay, Sky Guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we know from Rebels that she has white lightsabers. Right. So where where the blue ones go? She ditched them. She bled them dry? Who knows? No, she ditched them because Anakin them found them right there. Or found one, oh, at yeah, least. that's right, 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 yeah. yeah. So she wanted to fake her death so he wouldn't look for her. If yeah, maybe, maybe oh, that was good it. Call man, yeah, that's what I was. No, thinking. According to the novel, that's literally canon. Oh, okay, oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, so yeah, like she died in the crash or something like that. 
But yeah, you get you, yes. get, you get a scene with Vader at yeah. the end, which See, my now, daughter was like begging for the whole episode, which makes the whole, which makes the Rebels episode where he senses her in the Force. Yep, m- much more powerful. Yep, when he goes, the Apprentice is alive. You know, yeah, <laughs> so good. Or the, so the Apprentice good. lives, or whatever it was. You know? yeah. I, I like I like to think that how close they uh, um, Maul and Ahsoka were to disrupting the everything everything yeah i love that he was trying to recruit her yeah to, <laughs> but oh, the funny man. thing was Ooh. he wasn't even trying to bring her to the dark side no, no. he no, was just no, like no. he didn't care about the dark side no. or the light side he's just like he's like let's just team up bro <laughs> i don't care don't you can be a goody two shoes let's just team up and kill some mofos <laughs> it's all good you me and she's like no but I, you just want to take the emperor's place I was when she said that I was like, but but does he though? Yeah, I know. I was I'm, I'm like thing. I'm pulling like does a Thor. Really? I'm pulling a Thor Ragnarok. I'm like, is he really? <laughs> you know what I mean? I love that so much because I mean you've got the Jedi on one side who you know to hold to their principled ideals and whatnot, and you've yeah. got the you've got Sidious and and Vader, you know, who are you know just as you know passionate about you know their the the Sith and whatnot, and then you've got the two- former Sith and the former Jedi. Yeah. I mean, think <laughs> right. symmetry. Right. Think about that, right? And they're just yeah, you know, she's trying to figure it out. He's desperate. And he's just like, let's just team up. We're going to survive this. Let's just you team know? up. Let's mess this up. Let's just mess it up. We we'll just we'll throw it out there. We'll just throw it right out. They're Taika uh, Waititi as Hitler. Just we'll just throw it out there. <laughs> You know what I mean, and 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 she's kind of like she's kind of like eh, maybe, but then the thing that I, I I thought this was clever. I don't know if I love it, but I think it's clever. The reason why she wouldn't, because she was considering it, is that he knew because he was in the right. He knew that Anakin was the tool of the dark side, and she didn't believe it. That's right. right. And yeah. I love the fact that, and, and, and to your point, Howie, how yeah. close were they to messing everything up? I love the fact that that hinges on the fact that Ahsoka made a mistake. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, right. I, that, exactly. That's that's kind of where I was going with it. Yeah. Is because here, as much as I love the character of Ahsoka, it's showing her naivete. Yeah. And, and just her, her, she still has flaws, you know, mm-hmm. and you can relate to that because she, it's the whole Jedi thing, right? Yeah. She has a personal connection to Anakin and she does not believe it's possible that he could be a tool of the dark side. And that's so clouding her be, judgment. It could be that Ahsoka plus Maul equals everything kind of gets avoided in some fashion. Yeah. You know, cause this is before even order 66 happens. Right. You know what I mean? It could be that they could have thwarted the entire empire. Who knows? Mm. Probably not, but who knows? Mm. But because she had that personal connection to Anakin, she didn't believe it. And so she fought Maul instead of teaming up with him. And I'm not saying teaming up with Maul is the right thing either. Uh, but, but you know but you're you thinking about that. You know you're like, oh, that would have kind, of kind of been cool. Yeah, yeah. In a way, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe. But you're right, exactly. But her belief is that he wants to take the place of Sidious. And as a viewer, again, I look at that, maybe that's a little naive. I'm not convinced that's what Maul wants. He never once said that that's what he I've wanted. I've never been convinced that Maul wanted anything more than to mess it up. Yep. I I've agree. never. Uh, he was an agent of chaos, basically. Yeah, because he was just mad at the fact that control played him. I was, mm-hmm. I've always been right. one step behind. Yeah. And he just mm-hmm. wants to mess up the steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to be in charge of the underground, but to what ends? You know? Because he needs to a way to fund himself or a way to stay on top of things, or does he actually crave the control of a Sith? I don't know. 
I know that in the end, all he wanted was to kill Obi-Wan. So that makes me think he was not really a Sith seeking power anymore. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. He's still a mystery. Yeah. That's a great character, man. (laughs) How how does that happen? (laughs) I know. How does that happen? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So good. You guys need to run out if you haven't finished the Clone Wars or if you're not even a big fan, like I have not been traditionally, these last four episodes are amazing and they do make a really great Star Wars movie. But in the meantime, we're at the two-hour mark. It's time to tie this one off, y'all. Yes, sir. Yep. Run out and follow us on the YouTubes, on the Twitter, on all the places. Go to betterkind.com and find the Discord link. So you can join us on Discord where we have fun sharing all the stuff. We talk about all this stuff before we even on air with it. We uh, we share memes and things like that. Please join hey, us there. It's a lot of fun. we got a watch party coming up. What are we doing next? We need man? to do another watch party because that I got to tell you, when we did the, we uh, we did the Flight of the Navigator watch party, and <laughs> I didn't know how that would go. And I got to tell you, my sides hurt by the that we were all laughing so hard. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. So I think we're going to probably be uh, we're going to be uh, talking to everybody on Discord about putting another watch party together because that was that, yeah. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, then you can get on. You can stream a movie while we're streaming it, and we'd all just joke and laugh and just riff it to shreds. And yeah. and I can hit start just before everybody else does. So we're just a little bit ahead. Yeah, advantage us. <laughs> that's that's called host advantage right there. I learned that playing Gears of War on Xbox yep. 360. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim got to chainsaw everybody. In the meantime, I'm Corey. Over there's Mike. 99. Over there's Howie. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for the end with Filoni. That's right. Stick around for that speech by Filoni because we don't even care. We'll fly under the radar. We want you to hear it because it is impactful. Over there's Garrick. Make sure you... Oh, yep. Bye. Yeah, Jelly. <laughs> <laughs>
Obi-Wan trains Anakin at first out of a promise he makes to Qui-Gon, not because he cares about him. When they get Anakin, when they find him on Tatooine, he says, why do I feel like we've found another useless life form? He's comparing Anakin to Jar Jar. Excuse me. And he's saying, this is a waste of our time. Why are we doing this? Why do you see importance in these creatures like Jar Jar Binks and this 10-year-old boy? This is useless. So he's a brother to Anakin eventually, but he's not a father figure. Mm. That's, that's a failing for Anakin. He doesn't have the, the family that he needs. He loses his mother in the next film. He fails on this promise that he made, mother, I will come back and save you. So he's left completely vulnerable. And Star Wars ultimately is about family. So that moment in that movie, which a lot of people I think diminish into just all oh, just a cool lightsaber fight, but it's, it's everything that the entire three films of the prequels hangs on is that one particular fight. And Maul mm. serves his purpose, and at that point died before George made bring him back, but he died. And that's showing you again how the Emperor is completely self-serving. He doesn't care, he's just a tool and he's using people, and now he's gonna use this child. That follows all the way through to the line which terrified me as a kid when the Emperor tells Luke, you like your father are now mine. And the idea when I was a little kid watching that movie of some evil person possessing my father making him do things or making him be evil was was terrifying. That was like a, a thought that was horrible. Also, it's amazing when you watch Return of the Jedi that Luke has never done anything that I would call it like he's a bad character. He has like a tendency to be dark and a lot of people <clears throat> wanted Anakin. Oh, he should have been darker as a character. It's not true at all. I, I believed Luke would turn to the dark side in Return of the Jedi. I believe that was on the table. I believe that he would kill the Emperor and because of the way George arranged the story, I knew that was the wrong thing to do. When he's saying, you know, you want your weapon, you know, strike me down, I am defenseless. He wants him to give into his anger. He wants him to give in his hate. And, and the fear, the structure that George has laid out in all the movies is coming to fruition now. And the only thing that's gonna save him is not his connection to the force. It's not the powers he's learned. It's not all these things that are an advantage to him. That's gotten him to the table. But what saves Luke is his ability to look at all that and look at his father and say, no, I'm gonna throw away this weapon. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna let that go and be selfless. And, and he says, you know, I am a Jedi like my father before me, but what he's really saying, and why we connect, I connect so powerfully to it is like, he's saying, I love my father and there's nothing you can do that's gonna change that. And the, the emperor can't understand that connection. Why wouldn't you take something from the power of the galaxy? Why wouldn't you take this? And Anakin then in that moment has to decide to be the father that he's never had. He has to give up all the power of the galaxy and save his son. And, and that's the selfless act that he doesn't return for his son. And that's what saves him in turn. So the, the son said, the father, father says the son, and it works out perfectly. And I draw that line all the way from Phantom Menace to Jedi. That's the story of Star Wars. Everything so when he pops else, the helmet, you're saying when he pops the helmet off in that moment was part of the, yeah, the it's, faded arc. It's all part of the fader. It's all part of like why it works and why we care. It's not about X-Wings. It's not about all these, the things we decorate Star Wars in. It's important. It's part of the genius of it. But we soulfully react like we don't just want an action movie. We want to feel uplifted. And, and Star Wars is an adventure that makes you feel good. You know, it makes, makes me feel like, wow, I, I want to be a part of that. So that's what, that's what I always go back to with Star Wars is this selfless act and this family dynamic, which is so important to George, so important to the foundation of Star Wars. That's in us. And what I like about it is it's, it is really saying there is a lot of hope out there. 
that we fundamentally want to be good people, that we can all be driven to do terrible things, but that we can persevere uh, through selfless action. So George has this hopeful story, and it's something that he's reiterated most times I've seen him, uh, you know, after we've been making things uh, without him, is remember to make these stories hopeful. Mm. Remember to give that to kids because they really need it. And so that's, that's just something to keep in mind. Did I bring us down? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Amen. Preach it, brother. <laughs>